I saw an undiscovered creature climbing on the mountainside. Welcome everyone to All About All Elite for the week of March 16th, 2019. While you may have spent your week listening to what words are acceptable and not acceptable in WWE press conferences, don't say wrestling, don't say world wrestling entertainment, we were busy watching AEW, MLW, and Impact Wrestling. So this week, we have a very wrestling-centric, sports-centric episode as we will be talking about a lot of matches because this is MLW Fusion Episode 6 in the Legacy Series at the back of the show, and Pentagon is challenging for the heavyweight title. We will celebrate with another title match from 2018. It is Austin Aries defending the Impact title against Phoenix and Pentagon. We will bring you that bonus match lost from Convince Me last week, and we will talk about... Double or nothing up till now. What's working to promote it? What's not working? Who needs to be uh, maybe spotlighted? All that and more, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into it. I am the LOP Mystic, a.k.a. your one-man hype band, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, by God, my learned colleague, Mr. Miz Fan, The Brain. Greetings, Miz Fan fans. Welcome indeed to another episode of All About All Elite. I am excited. You should be, too. I'm ready. Let's jump right into it. Yes, sir. So we're going to kind of get right into it. There's not a lot of news right now. It's not a, not a big AEW time. It's kind of just, I guess, mid-season, and WWE's off and running um, with WrestleMania season. The one thing I did see this morning is um, we will have Arn Anderson at StarCast 2, and he says, it used to be a dangerous setting when they handed me a live mic, so we'll see if it will be again. <laughs> that will be interesting. Uh, I think Arn would be the last person to go off and do a, a shoot promo of any kind. So uh, I have faith he'll find something interesting to say without going to that tired old place. Yeah. Um, it's weird to me. I have no qualms about not being able to go to uh, Double or Nothing, but I kind of regret that I can't go to StarCast 2. <laughs> but yeah, now, with Arn yeah. Anderson being there, are you kidding me? Holy smokes. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, I always want to meet wrestlers, but I don't also, but Same. he's one that I think I would definitely just want to meet, even if I would just be as stupid as usual and be like, oh, I think you're great. And he'd be like, whatever, I'm in character, you know, I'll <laughs> throw battery acid on you because you... That's not cool. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> really, I put that on uh, StarCast, too. Like, when the man walked in with battery acid, he probably should have known something was up. Yeah, would you tell Arn Anderson to put down his battery acid? I wouldn't have the guts. I don't know. I wouldn't tell him. I wouldn't tell him. <laughs> but I'm not in charge of StarCast 2, so... Fair enough, fair enough. I heard some... It's probably baloney, but I read some stupid clickbait headline, and like, oh, Cody and Arn, and they're applying for a Four Horsemen trademark, and I'm like, nah, I don't know about that, but okay, yeah. sure. <laughs> How can they is my first question. Yeah, yes, well, surely, yeah. if it were trademarkable, it would have been done already by, you know, the great wrestling promotion in the sky, WWE. <laughs> it might be trademarked by... um. The Christian um, yeah, Bible, God, right? <laughs> you know, so that's that doesn't sound like it doesn't sound true. I also don't want to see it. I think MLW in its 2002 to 2004, they had the Extreme Horsemen or something like that. You know this because it's mentioned in the opening little video yeah. that they do, and that's all I know about it. So, so. yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, this is a very um, impact wrestling, not in its good times, but maybe in its bad times kind of move if they if they go that route. Yeah, yeah, we don't need any more uh, fortunes spelled yeah, with no. F O U R, and yeah, no, it's, it's not. too creative for that. <laughs> one would hope. One would hope. Okay, so we'll just do a little bit of a talk uh, about this week's uh, being the elite segment with MJF, um, Road to Double or Nothing, and I got the card pulled up too, so we'll bring that into the conversation. But one thing I am noticing. Be it, I think last week's, yeah, last week's uh, road to double or nothing that ends with Cody, um, you know, kind of bigging up himself, feeling good about himself. Cause, you know, that leg, he's working out the leg, and it, we end on MJF pretty much telling him I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got this week on being the elite, a table argument in the home of Brandy and Cody Rose between Brandy and MJF. And then we got MJF again helping Cody train. Is that I keep talking about this guy who I think is going to be a star in the future. Who if he if he does really well, he might be able to climb this ladder. But I am finding right in front of my face that one of the most uh, entertaining and seemingly in demand talents in AEW at this moment is already MJF. Mm-hmm. Agree? Yeah. Disagree? I would agree. Uh, well, I mean, it depends on what you mean by uh, in demand, I guess, because I think it's hard to top the elite and the Lucha Brothers and, uh, you know, a lot of the people that already have kind of just like worldwide fame. Um, but MJF, I, I mean, you know, he was my number one pick for guys who are breaking out right now, who are poised to break out in a very big way. And, uh, yeah, as far as... Um, let's say affordable talents. I think yeah. he is uh, a guy who, yeah, is getting uh, really hot, really in demand and uh, it's well-deserved, you know, honestly, we've talked before about how much we like MJF and that definitely has not changed. I think we, um, when I said in demand, what I mean is that he's in almost all of these videos. Oh yeah, sure. Well, he's, yeah. he's a character, you yeah. know, he's a guy you hire when you need a character, you need a promo, you need someone who's going to be able to drive this aspect of the business you know, uh, we, we, we've seen some of these guys in videos and, you know, they get a little video about like their real life and that's fine. It's all right. But I think you wanted to talk a little bit more about this too, is that, you know, they're not necessarily doing promos or characters mm-hmm. or anything. It's almost like a little documentary of like, Oh, this is their real life. Now come see them later and they'll be wrestlers. But MJF, you know, he's pretty much always on, you know, in a very old school way. And I think that's really to his credit. Yeah, I think you just answered my next question, which is on a scale from um, Britt Baker and the over-the-budget battle royal talent that we've spotlighted kind of sitting in their homes or sitting in their gyms to Chris Jericho full-on cutting a promo on voicemail, which we'll get to this week. Like, where is – because MJF is more so – in the segments that would I think would lean closer to the Britt Baker over the budget battle royal as far as performance, but he always seems to be closer to Jericho cuts a promo on voicemail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's what I think. It, it's all about being on all the time, and I think MJF historically has been really good about that. You know, um, I've never had the chance to see him live. I would love to do so, but uh, from everything I've heard, you know. He, it never drops for this guy, you know, all the time. Like, if he's out there, I don't even know 
if he sells merch to like the plebeians who come to see him or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, if he's in the crowd, if he's talking to fans, if he's doing anything, he's still MJF. He never really kind of eases back on that throttle. And um, I think that's awesome. You know, that's, that's really cool in my opinion. Yeah. If he can do this, the era we're in the genres that we're working with, he could be the best of both worlds because you can put him, you can put him on Cody's porch with Cody making him stakes and he is both, he comes off as a human being having a conversation. It's not like, oh my God, why is that guy acting so extreme? He's, he's on the porch. He comes off as just a guy having conversations, but he comes off as that character and he comes off, you know, shooting a promo as far as like just when he throws it, he throws the stakes over the porch and kind of every time Cody's not around, he kind of goes into, you know, who he is. If he can be both of those things, then like he's got, he's got this thing in the bag because he is, Outside of being the elite who have been doing this for years and years and years and are spotlighted because they're going to be spotlighted, he is the guy who is consistently delivering like he's been in this kind of format his whole life. Right, right, yeah, absolutely so. Um, I like it a lot, yeah. The the dinner scene was very interesting. Uh, Like you're saying, for anyone who didn't see it, um, it's uh, Max and Brandy sitting at the table and... MJS, like, calling off screen. He's like, oh, thanks for inviting me over, Cody. You know, I'll see you in a minute or something. And then then just goes in on Brandy for some mm-hmm. reason. about He thinks she's a gold digger and she's not attractive and really just kind of, like, being very nasty to yeah. her. And Brandy responds by saying the F word a lot, like every other <laughs> word it kind of seemed like. Um, and they just kind of go back and forth and insult each other. Um, and I don't even know if it's, like, my favorite scene – by itself, because uh, I, I thought it was a little awkward at times, but it was very interesting insofar as, um, like you said, MJF is like helping Cody work out, helping him train, helping him do all this stuff. It seems like he has his back, like he's his friend. I think he even says that in uh, the Road to Double or Nothing video yeah. that, that they're friends. And yet, at the same time, uh, he's doing this stuff, you know, kind of behind his back with Brandy. So uh, that is interesting. I will say, though, they are maybe running into the WWE paradox of don't they watch these videos, <laughs> you know, yes. like don't they watch the videos that each other puts up? Why is MJF exposing himself in this, this taped promo for being the elite? We've even seen on this show, Cody Rhodes, like sitting and watching previous episodes of these shows. So it's not like he's not going to see it. So I don't know how that fits into that world. Um, but it's still interesting, so I don't know. I'm just we'll see what they do with it. It's a good question. It's also, I think, I haven't watched enough of those videos to know, but but they they have used this like Mar- Marty Skrull should have known that these guys were starting AEW before he gets surprised <laughs> in Japan. Well, yeah. Marty Skrull, he's a little out of it. He's always partying and being a villain, and you know, I yeah. give him a pass. But Cody, you know, he's a tape watcher. He watches all this stuff, so maybe, maybe he's too busy fun. buying the suits that Jericho um, financed him. Maybe they're nice but... suits, yeah. <laughs> and not dyeing his hair, I have to say. It's distracting me, his hair a little bit. <laughs> How it's like half dyed, half not. So, it's okay. I- I agree too. I think also I didn't really enjoy that segment as much because it's also for me it was overblown. Like you, nobody has all those almost like rap battle, uh, <laughs> you know, like just own ready. So they just go back and forth over the top insulting each other. Right. And like I like I like the more subtle, like a lot because he's been doing this every week. So Cody should have already known because every time 
because he turns his back is like a middle finger or a just like really quick witted uh remark to somebody else and then it walks off it's never been like let's have a whole battle down here while cuddy's upstairs right so i didn't enjoy that one as much but i thought it needed to be included because it's continuing you know a bigger story right And so I will say, though, that I like what they're doing. And I also don't know MJF's motivation because just like Cody could watch the tape, any of these people, like so many of these people could go back to Cody. And then you got like 10 people saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Does he care? Does he not care? What does he want from this? And I I hope that they I hope they keep it ambiguous for a while, because I like because this was um on road to double or nothing almost seemed like a straight face like i'm here i'm here helping him train just talking to the camera because he's my friend you know it would be interesting i would i would would like for their motives to be complicated but you know we'll see yeah i mean you hope it's that and you hope it's not just oh well that was the um being the elite world this is double or nothing world so it's just it doesn't matter it doesn't count you know you got to integrate those narratives or at least try and it is weird because you're right, Brandy. I think you even said in the video, it's like, what is stopping me from just telling Cody that yeah. you're like a slime who's insulting me? And that question wasn't really answered. And you it know, maybe not. maybe Cody won't. Maybe he'll he'll make an allowance, like if if somebody else tells him. But Brandy, I don't know. Their relationship has been really strong. But I may I don't know. Seems like maybe there could be a little friction between them because Brandy doesn't want him to wrestle and MJF's helping him wrestle. So maybe, you know, I don't know. There could be some interesting stuff there. So I'm, I'm interested. I want to see where it goes. I feel like it could take the wrong turn very easily, but it could also take some right turns. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah. Even a little attention to detail. Like he could have just said something to the fact though, like Cody's not really in a great place. Like I'm the only one helping him train. You don't see anybody else around. If you want to go like, Take that away from him, go take it away from him, but, you know. Yeah, you're not even supporting him, and you also actually said that promo about, oh, I hope, it was like an off-camera promo, but it was still in the video, where, like, oh, I hope Cody doesn't wrestle, I hope the doctor, like, benches him for life, so. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So, a lot of interesting stuff there, and I like Cody separating (laughs) from the group, so... We'll talk a little bit about Kenny Omega in a few minutes because I have some questions for you just to see what you think. Okay. <laughs> because I don't know when that man's supposed to start earning his paycheck. Like, <laughs> I was it's not say, yet. I guess we have to talk about him at some point, but okay, all right. Yeah. And I want to talk about that. And okay, so I will ask a question that is really making a statement. Okay. If you did not know the card for Double or Nothing. Who would you think uh, Chris Jericho is wrestling? If I didn't know like any of this, or if I were watching these videos, because if watching I was just watching the videos. the videos, yeah, of course I would think it was Jericho and Cody. Um, yeah. Except they yeah. say Cody has a mystery opponent, but yeah, I mean, just like everything seems to be between them. And you're right in your point that you didn't make yet that Kenny Omega seems to be nowhere to be seen with all of this. Yeah, so we'll we'll get into that because I am. I came in skeptical about Omega, and I'm willing to have my mind changed at any time, but, like, he's got to actually try to change it, so... It'll be you and me both, then, if it is changed, <laughs> so I'll just say that up front. <laughs> we're, we are spotlighting another wrestler the way we did uh, over the budget Battle Royal Stars this time. It is Britt Baker, who is the only female returning from All In. Uh, what do you think about this kind of spotlight of Britt Baker? Well, um, Britt Baker is... Certainly a wrestler that exists. Uh, I, okay. I don't know. I've seen her a few times. She was at All In. She's fine. 
she's also a dentist and that's legitimate and that's very impressive and they talk yes, about is. how i had to do both of these things and that is super cool on a personal level but for me when she wrestles she's never excited me um you know so it's weird for me to sit here and Britt Baker's like, what makes Kylie Ray an elite wrestler? Like, she doesn't really think that's mm-hmm. true. And I'm like, what makes you an elite wrestler, Britt Baker? <laughs> I never saw you doing an elite wrestling thing in my life. Yeah, she was an all-in. She made sure to point that out. Um, you know, so if, if I had my pick, a ladies who came back from that match, she would not have been one of them, honestly, personally. But, um, so I don't know. It's fine. It's one of these documentary things. You kind of get to know the people and... It almost feels kind of separated from whatever the heck they're going to do with them. Um, so maybe not. Maybe they'll integrate into it. Maybe Britt Baker will bring back the Isaac Yankum gimmick. I don't know. Who knows? It'll be what it is. So Britt Baker, she exists, and she's a dentist. So that's that's what I took away. Okay. I don't know what to say about her because I've only seen her once, and I was in the crowd at All In, and I didn't know any of the women. So I liked the match a whole lot. But I oh, don't it was know a good why. match, no doubt. But like, yeah, Tessa Blanchard in there, yeah. and uh, you know, you just you had some really strong talent in there, and that's what I yeah, that was gonna be my point is that I don't know if you don't know anybody in there, you don't know who made it a good match. I guess, so. <laughs> right, yeah, you need a little more experience. So yeah, I'm, it's not like I'm a, a huge Britt Baker expert. You know, I've seen her several times, but you you never know what you might see from someone in a different environment. So she's another one where she comes in. Knocks it out of the park. Awesome, man. You know, that's great. I'm more than willing to change my tune. Just so far, it hasn't done a lot. And these videos, they don't really excite me. Like, the point I want to say, like, some people really like this stuff, but I have no interest whatsoever in your real life unless it is driving the larger story in some way. I like characters. I like stories. Reality, I could get reality. I could go upstairs, like, to my kitchen and see some reality. I, I want to see, you know, something a little larger than life here. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. Okay. Yeah, this is the conversation we wanted to have this week about, and we'll get into all that, what's working, what's not working, because we had a request, you know, pretty much in the forum. Someone asked, you know, how are they even promoting these shows? So, and like Impact Wrestling, when they post a video, gets about as many views as some of these or more. So, you know, we'll get into like what they're doing, uh, the genre, the format, but we are definitely, I think, we're we're different and not different in this. In that, I love these kind of segments, but I also kind of view them at, that if I'm watching them, I'm thinking of it as the character. So for me, I don't have a problem with any of this unless what we're banking on is something that's going to end up being a shoot swerve. Like, <laughs> oh, like I know you, I know that you weren't in character that day, but you did say this and. You know, did you get a chance to watch the bonus video I sent you? The uh, the impact one, yes, I yeah. did see that one. So that's that's a different conversation. We'll talk about that in a minute. But okay, like assuming that these are all in character videos, then my question becomes: Why does every single person on the AEW roster, except for Chris Jericho and MJF, have an identical character? Of, oh, I've tried really hard in wrestling, and I'm glad to be here, and, uh, you know, yay, let's all be friends, and, you know, there's not really any edge to any of this, um, so, yeah, I don't know, like, everyone who comes on and does these little documentary segments, even the Young Bucks did one, were like, oh, we're such a, we were a family, and we are nice, we tried really hard in wrestling, and now here we are, and I'm like, okay, great, you and everyone else, that's cool, 
I knew that story before you opened your mouth. You know, tell me a story that's going to make me want to sit down and watch a match. Uh, you know, S- tell me a story that's going to start a fight. This is wrestling. So I don't know. Maybe I'm impatient, but that's my feeling. I love being patient. So maybe that also is a difference. <laughs> oh, I feel that's a subtle slam on me here. Uh, it's not, but I mean, you, that's what you just used as your reason. So it made me fair, think. You know. Fair. Because I like, and I'm not saying this is a good thing, but I, I like seeing things happen over a long, long period of time. And so I think it could, both could be partly the character, but also the nature. Um, oh, God, I don't want to go to, like, teaching here because school is not, not what I do here. But, like, some people define genre as, like, a set of roles. Some people define genre almost as it's the ideologies that kind of create what you do. So... If you put somebody, whether they are a human being or a character, in a, you know, this is your introduction video. Tell us about your journey. They're going to all sound a little bit like contestants on The Voice about to try to get a four-chair turn. Because, like, we are a, nar- a narrative-obsessed. So I take, I think you are right, like, factually correct, that there's something that's not character about this if they're all telling the same story. Mm. And... But some, somehow I still like them, and somehow I still think there there can be elements used. Like, it, if I'm watching this, whether she's in character or not, she still, like, if I was a woman wrestling in AEW, I would already be ready if I wrestled her to throw back. Like, nobody, we don't want to hear your I was the only woman in all-in story. Like, I would already be like, look, you know, you hey. The moment somebody starts throwing back, that's the moment that I'll probably get more interested. Okay. I also don't mind waiting for a good story, but, like, you have to give me some indication that it's coming. I'll tell you what it feels like right now. It feels like they're just sending these documentary people. They're just sitting out with this talent and says, just talk about your life, you know? And there's no creative direction, and there's no real idea of, like, where things are going. You know, there's a card for Double or Nothing, so you kind of know who you're going to wrestle, but I don't know if they know anything about, like, what they're going to be doing yet. And maybe they do, and I'm just not picking up on it. But, yeah, I don't know. Plant plant me a seed. Be a little over the top. You know, give me give me something. Uh, right now, I just feel like I'm watching, like, a behind-the-scenes special, kind of. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe you're right. Maybe these are all, like, subtle character moments that I will pick up on later, and that would be fine. I'm just not quite seeing it yet. Yeah, I, I think, too, I, I think you absolutely disdain that kind of stuff, and I absolutely love that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, I never watch documentaries. I never yeah. watch, like, shoot interviews. I'm here for the product. So, yeah, you, maybe it's just a different taste. You would not have been a VH1 behind the music fan. Is no, that what never you? watched any VH1, you know, okay. so you're right. We, we are a little different in that yeah. regard. I love that stuff. And, and what I was thinking about last night, like, I heard a comedian, and I thought it was a new, like, stand-up, and it was actually, like, 15 years old or so. <laughs> so he's, wrestling, he's referencing, like, MTV Cribs and um, Behind the Music, like, all this stuff that I forgot existed. And so I lived in a world once, as someone who does like this, where when Behind the Music would come up and pretty much sum up their whole career, and you didn't really hear these things, whereas now probably to your, um, you know, this stuff is interwoven all the time because of we're in a social media world. You can't stop hearing it. Yeah, yeah like there would be no point in a behind the music anymore because you're like, yeah, I know that. Like I was tweeting about it yesterday, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. There's such a deluge of personal information now and personal story and, oh, I tried really hard. And, you know, everyone tried really hard if they got to this point, you know, like 99% of people. So I don't know. In a world where I turned away 
from WWE in part because it seemed like every WrestleMania story was like, I'm just so happy to have a WrestleMania moment. And, you know, I'm just so happy to be here. This was my dream the whole time. And I just, I get tired of these stories because they're just the same. So I don't know. It gave me a little feeling of that. But like you said, it's very early on. It's a different format. It's just, it's not for me. It doesn't have to be for me if it works for other people. But I want what's for me eventually. So, you know, maybe a little step in that direction. And there was one, because we got to talk about this Chris Jericho stuff, too. And that, oh, man, that worked for me. So let's do it. Okay. And I, I to take your point, that I would also like to see some introductions where you got a MJF-style guy being introduced. And it's like, everybody says how hard they work. I, I didn't really work that hard, because I didn't have to. Cause I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm talented, you know. So, yeah, they could, they could break them up for sure. Uh, after this, we... Uh, uh, we get uh, her music, her theme song is made, and then we got a bunch of... Uh, this is a very Cody Farrow episode. I feel like they all are, kind of, or at least Cody, because this is kind of Cody's yeah. show. Like, the Young Bucks have Being the Elite. Kenny Omega has, I don't know, he's playing video games on Twitch. This mm. is like Cody's show right here, you know? So That's a good point. This is uh, Nightmare Family, I think, is the mm. where this is posted on YouTube. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay, so uh, Brandy comes in. She has a gift for Cody. It's a cane um, with Pharaoh's head, I guess, as the part that you hold. And this is cool if you want to go there and kind of read between the lines because what you have in one way is like, oh, nice, a gift for her husband. But it's also kind of a gift that reminds him, like, you know, (laughs) walk around with a cane (laughs) because you're not a wrestler right now. You got an injured knee. Like, be injured. Don't come back. It was a really nice, subtle bit. Yeah, no, see, this is kind of more of the stuff that I want to... This is what I'm here for a little more, because this, this is a seed. Uh, not only of, yeah, this uh, kind of friction between Brandy and Cody uh, put over very subtly, but also, you know, that's Chekhov's cane now. Who is going to break that cane over Cody's face down yes. the line, you know? So that's two for one, and uh, I'm okay with that. That's all I asked for it, yep. is that... At double or nothing, Cody has the worst night of his life. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I I love that idea. I hope it happens. Wrestling tees, I think they're gonna they might make some money. Uh, we got a we got a Pharaoh uh, doll that is in production. I, I, that one. <laughs> I had a I can funny uh, thought as I was watching this. I was first I was like, who would buy this like weird little toy? And I'm like, wait, my wife might like that toy, and I could yeah. uh, <laughs> you know support AEW at the same time. So maybe I answered my own question. Yeah. I can see a bunch of the folks at all in with those, uh, for better or worse. Uh, I don't <laughs> <judge them. laughs> yep. oh, boy. Also subtle, like good storytelling. Right before Brandy walks in, Chris Jericho calls in, and Cody just puts it straight to voicemail. He's not even taking the call. Mm, yeah, yeah, that was a nice little touch. And he will pay for that because we end with Cody Rose listening to the voicemail that Jericho left, and this is a fucking promo on a <laughs> voicemail. Uh, my opinion, I'm still in transition with Jericho because uh, part of my mind is still in the old like mindset of like, Oh, this is kind of like midlife crisis Jericho. He's sort of over the hill and he's sort of just like kind of a shambles person sometimes. But then I don't know, like I love this promo so much and this keeps happening to me that I keep like swinging around every time Jericho actually does something brilliant, which is happening more and more. I love this promo. At first it sounds like Jericho is just like drunk and rambling, but it gets this huge, edge on it 
he's so pissed off that Cody did that interview we talked about last week where he said, like, Jericho, he's kind of a dick. This great promo over voicemail. He's like, remember, you're not my boss. This company doesn't exist without me. I'm mm. the one putting those food on your table and the treats in your dog's mouth. By the way, keep that dog away from me. I hate dogs. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's great. I love Jericho as this, like, insane drunken like megastar who's just like all in on his own fame and his own ego and he just thinks that he's the greatest thing that ever happened you know this this could be one of the great points of jericho's career so like i keep turning around on jericho like when i'm actually seeing him and the stuff he's doing so huge props to him give me cody versus jericho i want it i don't care about this omega stuff this is the match that i want to see I've been doing this with Jericho for 14 years. In <laughs> Sometimes he's deserved it, but yeah, yeah in no. 2005 I was like, this guy's out of shape. Like he doesn't, he doesn't care. He has no business being in wrestling. I never want to see him again. You know, and then like not being a fan, I would get the oh Jericho's wearing suits. You ought to watch this. And I'm not fucking watching this. And then I'll watch it and like oh this is the best thing happening in wrestling in 10 years. Yes. And then. You know, I'll stop watching, and then someone will be like, you need to watch Jericho. He's got a list. And I'm like, I'm not fucking watching Jericho. You know, so he does it all the time. And this is, I am with you. Like, when I watch these videos, he is killing it. And then the next day when I'm looking for news and rumors, I see Jericho. I'm like, oh, God, I'm so, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we are both still in transition. But, yeah, Jericho on an interesting uh, 10-year cycle here where he becomes the best thing in wrestling. And then for, like, nine years in between, he's sort of, I don't know, he's just Chris Jericho, but then he gets amazing again. So, hey, if he can keep doing it, I'm loving this right now in a way I definitely thought I would never love Jericho again. So that that's something for sure. Yeah. How much of his three years will be this and how much will be the other is, is up to see. <laughs> I can't see this having a shelf life for more than a year or two, honestly, especially yeah. at his age. But who knows, you know, so... Prove me wrong. Do it again. And don't it. just hang yeah. on to him when the magic is gone, because that we won't need it. I agree. Jericho says, enjoy those fancy pants uh, suits that you're wearing with the money I earned you. He does say that. He says, um... <laughs> what else? He ends with, like, love your friend Chris Jericho or something, which is... Yeah, gorgeous. love your friend like... Chris Jericho, the dick. The, the <laughs> dick. He says it in such a way, like, oh, you gotta love it. This is the stuff I'm here for, because guess what? Like, this segment, it made me want to see a match. And at the end of the day, that's what your wrestling should do. Like, I would want to buy a ticket. Like, if if All In 3 or whatever the hell they run this match at, if it's in Chicago or somewhere I can get mm. to, I'm gonna buy a ticket to it now. Just because, you know, I, I'm loving this stuff so much. So that's, you know, get them in the door. Get them to watch. That's what it's about. You know, don't tell me about your dentistry. You know, I, I don't want to, like, harp on that. But just that's for me. That's how I am as a fan. So this okay. was awesome for me. So uh, this is one case where we've been doing this show for maybe seven weeks or more. Seven and eight, yeah. The news and rumors segment we do is always contained in that segment, and it's not in the others, but this begins with Jericho saying, are you scared because Chris Jericho read your little piece in the New York Post where you called me a dick? You have no idea how much of a dick I can be. So (laughs) 
that's the eerie part for me is that he took something. And it's not like, oh, it's a shoot, you said a thing. But it's like, I I read you in a place where you might not have thought I was reading you. So you're over here just giving these interviews, and I fucking saw it. I see everything. And he brings that into a story and a promo. And it did something for me because Jericho, uh, J- Cody's got so much clout in in his position in AEW, but Jericho now is kind of saying almost like he's God. Like, I'm everywhere. I see all things. You're not above me. Yeah, um, and so he's... He's playing with the dynamics that are going on here, and he it's creepy. It's a little bit creepy, you know? So uh, Yeah, I love, you know, he does think he's God right now. I think he thinks he's God of AEW and yeah. all of wrestling, and um, it's great to watch. You know, I can't get over how much I'm enjoying this, like, washed-up, crazy rock star guy who thinks he's the greatest gift to God's green earth and who thinks he's, like, the best in the world right now and he it's just great it's just great character it's great story it's hard to even fully articulate how good it is and this is a guy who really yeah had no interest in jericho when he buzzed up a few years ago i was like oh i'm doing new japan now and all this stuff and i was like okay you do that i'll be over here so now yeah this is like a total turnaround for me i'm loving it it works for me almost because like when i'm listening to him on his podcast, talk, comparing himself to Hogan 1994. I'm like, bitch, please. <laughs> like, but not he's working only- you. That's the best thing. Like, yes. I love it. And that's what I'm saying. Though. Now with him playing I am fucking God and I pay all your bills, like the fact that he's not Hulk Hogan in 1994 is why this is so fucking amazing. Yes. But yet, even Hulk Hogan in 94 is not going around saying, like, you know, hey, I'm Hulk Hogan 1994 and I pay your bills. <laughs> so, like, the, the reach of it. And just the conviction of it is is masterful. And that is the thing. Like, Jericho wants to be the greatest of all time at something. So maybe I'll give him this. Like, when he finds a bit that works and he commits to it, there's nothing like it. Nothing like it in this world because he it becomes his in a way that that you're talking about all these people with the same narrative in their introduction. The things Jericho has done, like, they're not anybody else's. Nobody else can touch them. Like, it's a fucking list or it's like a voicemail. But yet he's doing something with it that nobody's ever done before and doing it with so much conviction. Yeah. So, uh, do you, what, what, do you, what, if anything, do you know about the name Michael Nakazawa? Uh, very little. I think he wrestles for DDT in Japan. Uh, I've never seen him. I heard that he got signed, so we'll have to check him out at some point probably. Okay, so this is kind of all Kenny Omega is, but he is present on being the elite and I don't know if they're playing off of Bushi or something else, but uh, a week or two ago, Kenny Omega was in Japan to try to uh, sign someone who, you know, he didn't want to get away. And he's sitting at a table and you just see like this guy's legs walk up and he's like, I didn't think you'd see me. I'm glad you're, you know, I'm glad you're going to give this a chance. And then instead of it being whoever, so to be, I'm guessing a Bushi, even though, but that's all I know. Then it's Michael Nakazawa. And so the Young Bucks are pissed off. Because, like, Kenny Omega is treating this like it's the biggest sign, and they're all just like, My- fucking Michael Nakazawa. Well, they're saying Michael Nakazawa in, in the phone conversation. Kenny Omega uh, this week is on the phone with one of the Jacksons, and he's, like, bigging up again that he made this sign, and, like, they're all, we all know they're pissed off. And then he's like, yeah, Michael Nakazawa. And he's like, Nakazawa with a Z. Z, Z. But. Like the young guys don't fucking care because it, Kenny Omega is the only person who thinks it's the kind of sign that it is. But um, 
So I, I found him entertaining in that level, but at the same time, I'm wondering, you know, what is the thinking here? Is it because it's early? You know, when is he going to come in and do what Jericho is doing? Because if anything, he's supposed to be a notch even above Jericho in signing. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if they're treating this as a like a, a nondescript signing, then I kind of feel bad for Michael. But also, it's accurate because I've never, I never even heard of the guy to be honest, and I've heard of a lot of people. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't even know what to really make of that. I wonder how old he is. Nakazawa. I think yeah, Michael Nakazawa. Forty-three. Forty-three. Well, okay. Because I think that's another thing that someone may have said on one of them is like they might have the idea that I can't remember, but you know we'll see. I don't feel bad exactly for him because you can still do something with it, or you might even go do better for him because people are treated. Because you know this is the thing about the interactive world that we're in that sometimes I don't like and sometimes I just have to live with mm. is that they are smart enough that they know people are not going to usually be watching that and be like. Oh my god, the young buck said, you know, this guy is shit, so like he shits. Well, it might be more of a. They might be able to put some sympathy on him, you know. Right. He's also old, so I don't know what they want to do. I don't know if they want him for a backstage or if they want him for a wrestler, but this is pretty much all that Omega has done um, as a character, from what I can see. Yeah. You know, so. Here's what I want to do. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you the card for uh, Double or Nothing. All right. And you tell me, because on one hand, they could they could put the show on tomorrow, and I'm going to order it. So it's almost like they don't <laughs> have to sell the event. Right. But they do have shows where they're they're promoting it. So are they promoting the matches as much as you want to see the characters as much as you want to see? Like which names? Are you feeling like, yeah, they're hyping well versus, like, oh, they really need to do something more? So, with the over-the-budget Battle Royal, Sonny Kiss is in it, Kip Sabian's in it, Brandon Cutler's in it, and Ace Romero is in it so far. I mean, they've mentioned them all on Road to Double or Nothing. Uh, you know, three of them got little videos for themselves where they all were, you know, they said kind of the same thing. <laughs> oh, I've tried really hard. My wife makes clothes. Uh, you know, I, uh, whatever they said, I'm gay, you know, good. Uh, that's fine. Um, uh, I don't know. Like, if it were me, I would be more interested in putting together, like, video packages of what these people can do, like get people excited, like, wow, look at this stuff that you can see, you know, come to this show. Or, yeah, if you want to do a character thing with them, then, like, get started on that. But I don't know, it's, it's the Battle Royals, so I have no idea how much they even want to do with it. Right. So it's hard to say. Okay, fair enough. The next match is Cody versus To Be Determined. That <laughs> They might be being the most interesting about that, curiously. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's just our perspective from watching Road to Double or Nothing. But yeah, I'm I'm very interested. I want to know the condition of Cody. I want to know who his opponent is. There's a lot of mystery around it. A lot of character stuff. It's probably easier to do that because Cody just has to sit down and like direct himself. Um, I think that's part of this too. Like they're not on the road with these people. They don't have a chance to like sit down and do a lot of mm. meetings with them. You know, whenever I watch Road to Double or Nothing, it's like a quick phone call in between like whatever else you're doing. So. 
yeah, uh, it's easy for Cody to kind of drive his own hype because he's the one behind the steering wheel. So it's working. But, yeah, there you go. I think that might be the one on the card that I'm not going off what I'm most excited about. We're talking about what are we excited about based on what they've shown us. Right. right. And not just Cody, but to be determined has hit some of the best hype in the whole series. There's <laughs> a lot of interesting people it could be. Uh, there's a lot of uninteresting people it could be, to be yeah. honest. So, fair enough. Uh, Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose versus Kylie Ray. Um, as far as what they presented, they haven't really done anything with Nyla Rose, Kylie Ray. They just showed up at the uh, rally. Um, this is the first we've heard of Britt Baker, and all we learned is she's a dentist, and she's worked hard, and she's happy to be here. So probably could be doing more with this. Um, also, on this topic... Uh, what is Aja Kong doing at this show? That's really all I want to know in my life. Yeah. So <laughs> I agree. Okay. Hopefully eating an apple in a scene where she doesn't belong. Yes, I love it. She has every right to do it. <laughs> I would love to be. I was thinking, it's a warped mind sometimes where it goes, but like I was talking about like doing that in Pentagon segment and being almost teasing like a feud because they keep building up these awkward things yep. and then just ha- just have them have a love interest for a week or two. <laughs> That'd be the great, the greatest, greatest romance, the greatest fling in wrestling history. Both of them are completely ashamed on the other side of it because they don't usually let themselves get like that. But oh, I don't know if either of these people feel shame. I think they just go all just, into it. Oh, so. better. Good point. Yeah, I think uh, you won't be happy, but Nyla Rose and Kylie Ray, if we see them. I, do we automatically have to have an intro? Like, you know, if we if we had Britt B- Baker introduce herself. I wonder if that means if we see these people, they have to be in that segment to start. They probably will be. So I guess I'll be interested in what they do with it. Kylie Ray is the big question mark to me because I haven't I seen her. And uh, she's one of the few people I haven't seen. And I get the idea she's a little bit, like, sinister maybe. But I don't know that for sure. So I don't know. If they can do that, if they can work in that kind of character thing, I'm all about these little scenes. But if it's just, like, more of the same, you know, I'm just happy to be here, then... You can keep it, you know. You can just you can keep that to yourself. I already knew that before you told me. I'm wondering about Kylie. I saw her for the first time. Did you see her at the show, or did have you? Did you not see that? Just a little clip they showed uh, on this show. So she's interesting. Like she came off as like the nicest human being in the world, and what I was thinking was like, is this a fucking mankind, or is this like who she is? (laughs) Because smiley Kylie and being over the top smiley, and that that in itself is interesting to me, especially in this day and age. But she seemed like she would have the potential to be sinister. Yeah, I mean, just for the fact that she's pouring it on a little thick makes me hope that there's something more there, because that's just what it is, and that isn't really going to be that interesting to me. Um, uh, Nyla Rose is someone I actually know um, from my own watching, and uh, I do enjoy her as a wrestler. Um, I have the feeling her video will just be focused on the fact that, hey, I'm a transgender person in wrestling, and that's, yeah. that's great. I love that they're inclusive, but again... It doesn't really drive the story. Uh, I hope they don't make it like a big point of the character. Like the last thing I would need to see is someone come in and is like, I'm going to beat you up because you're transgender. You know, yeah. like I don't want that to be the story because, uh, yeah, you When are you fur- like furthering like things and when are you making it worse? You know? Exactly. Yeah. So just let her be there and like let her do a good job like I know she can. Um, I'm a little sad that it's even a talking point because I watched her for about a year, I think before this and i had no idea like it was news to me that she was even a transgender person which i would think 
is like the preferred thing. Like, you know, you don't want that to necessarily be like your identity. Um, or maybe you do. So like, I don't know. I have no idea. I've never yeah. heard of Nyla Rose promo, but yeah, I just don't want it to be like the central thing because then you just are that like, you can't really be more than that necessarily. So I don't know. I'm probably speaking too far on something that I, I can't speak on with authority, but that's just my initial feeling. Yeah. I chose not to do this. We, we had a week where, Sonny Kiss is pretty much asked about a straw man who thinks that this is not family friendly. So what does he have to say about that? Then Nyla Rose, I think, had the same conversation then. I didn't even click on it, but this morning, um, Brandy Rose comes out to explain that AEW is family friendly. So, but I don't know, like, who are you arguing with? You know, like somebody left a comment on Lords of Pain. Is that who the you know, <laughs> right? Better not to engage the low level yeah. of people who would debate the fact that a child should not see a gay man or a transgender yeah. woman, you know, don't even, these people are disgusting. So stay the away. majority of the, I don't see like, at least where we are right now, the culture wars, yeah. the left won the culture wars. Like if this was 1999 or seven and the, the kind of leaders of the culture wars were the, um, focus on the family Christian, right? Sure. But like most people are not out there. Like the saying, I just can't be a family show if, like, Sunny Kiss is on it. So, like, if it becomes a problem, deal with it. But I just don't understand why we're making this argument. Instead, just – and, again, Nyla Rose, like, if, if that's what they – if that's if, – if, if she wants to do this in order to be like, okay, I'm supporting, like, this group of people and showing what they can do, then that's something that she wants to do. But at the same time, I didn't even know this when I saw her at – um the show that I saw the press conference and just her standing by Kylie Ray. Like I was excited just yeah. because of the, the different, the diversity of sizes and shapes and personalities. I thought, I thought that was going to be the moment. I thought Kylie Rose was going in the pool, to be honest with you. <laughs> I would have loved that. Yeah. Nyla Rose is a uh, very impressive just in and of herself. So yeah, all this other stuff, it's like, you know, take it, I guess if you want to, I don't even know how to deal with it. So like, I just hope it's not handled in bad taste. Um, yeah. I will just say, and I don't even want to talk too much more about this, but I'm sure sadly, I think you're right. I feel like the culture as a whole has moved in a positive direction on this stuff, but I don't even want to think with Twitter and the yeah. internet and everything, how much some of these people must get just awful stuff on Absolutely. a daily basis. So, and so I, yeah, if you are out there stuck in the past in this like cretinous, horrible attitude, just stop it. Just stop being horrible. Stop contributing shit to the culture that we don't need. Let us all move past this to where it's a point where it's not like a, a war anymore, for God's sake. Yeah, I think it'd be more. I think it would be more difficult for Nyla Rose because mm. I think a lot of this is not even. Like I think there's certain types, and some people are just hateful and, and ugly. Unfortunately, but, yeah. But then there are some people who I think it just. It, like, it takes them longer to come around to things, so that yeah. now, like, oh, like, 10 years ago, like, oh, my God, like, gay people are doing their own TV, or 15 years ago, <laughs> sure. you know. And you now and I, like, we, uh, we grew up in that world, honestly, yeah. so, like, I, I know all about it, and uh, it's But I can see true. there being a human being that, that couldn't deal with it then, that now has sure. no problem with it, and they're like, transgender on TV, because, not because, but it's because it's the next thing up that they've not, you know... So just, you know, deal to me, I wish everyone would just, you know, fucking let human beings be human beings, you know, like, 
Yes. What 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 are, what what are they bothering you? What is anyone bothering you? So just let people live. And that's the thing. If we could get to that, which maybe that's too idealistic, you know, it's the same thing with all these other people. Like I appreciate your consistency that because this is the same thing as um Britt Baker having to tell me she's a dentist every time I see her. Sure. You know, and I I worked through dentist school when everybody else just had to have to go be a wrestler. You know, like cool. I know your story now. And I can honor that. Like, I can be like, okay, that's Britt Baker who had to train while she was a dentist. Or that's Sonny Kiss who I'm sure when he – because it's different. there's a difference between being accepted for being gay and then being Sonny Kiss. Yep. So, like, Sonny Kiss is challenging people who are like, yeah, I'm okay with gay people as long as um they don't remind me they're gay by looking like they might not be straight, you know. <laughs> so I get the challenges that are there for all these people, but everybody has a fucking challenge. True. So let's not do things to make their challenges more difficult. Let's let them do their thing and see what they can do. Again, it amazes me watching Nyla Rose weeks ago and not knowing that. I was just like, God damn, these two look good on stage together. Yep, and guess like, what? I can't wait to she see what they do. She still looks good on stage next to Kylie Ray. You know, it didn't change a thing, actually. So if yeah. everyone could just get that, that would be great. So. It would be. And that's... Oh, God. And this is a, from watching this from the beginning, whoever these people are, they're building their foundations right now. So we might argue some of it's character, some of it's not character, but it really doesn't matter who you are. You're not going to be here a year, two years, or three years from now unless you can captivate an audience. Yep. Like, we can talk about the world that's out there, whether how progressive it is, how not progressive, depending on the pocket that we're talking about, but we do know that the people running the company want the people on the car to succeed. Until they prove otherwise, they legitimately do. Absolutely. But this is a wide-open opportunity for everyone from 48-year-old Jericho to Christopher Daniels to Lucha Bros to Sonny Kiss to Kylie Ray to Nyla Rose to Ace Romero. You know, very body positive. They like guys that can knock you into the third row just by, like, shoulder tapping you. Yes, and thank God. Yeah, I, I love, love it. guys like that. Yeah, so. You know, so, but we really do have a diversity of of just anything that you can imagine. Except I don't know if we have any tall, muscular people. <laughs> we don't. They already have their place. You know, let's That's be right. honest here. <laughs> Hangman Page, of course, is not. He's failing at that. But maybe Pocket has at least half of that. <laughs> he's got the muscular. Yeah. You know? so but, you, but you get what I'm saying. Like, this is really an opportunity. I think that, you know, because we don't talk as much. Like, it's almost like, oh, yeah, Vince McMahon likes big guys. But how much was that? Like, that was not so much a cultural thing. It was a WWE thing. Yeah. But how many people never got their shot or never got the kind of shot they could because of that? AEW is all generations. Yeah. Yeah. AEW is starting out very, very wide open. So, and that's what, another reason I respect MJF because he is just, he's just getting down there and doing it. Like we are, we are still being introduced. Like you said, the fucking, we were introduced to the young bucks who are like, you know. <laughs> But like MGS just as MJF is already he's out he's he's lapping people who are still at the starting line yeah. and part of that's not on them and part but part of it also is so we'll see absolutely I love this one um but we're we're not just talking about what we love we're talking about how it's being built so but we got S SCU versus OWE I have to assume this is being built on being the elite because I don't think we've seen hide nor hair of it 
much of anywhere else. Um, I am also excited for it just because it's going to be something really different. I think I, I don't know. Has there been really any hype about this one? Like, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. So I think SCU is just doing what they normally do, which is going to towns and insulting them. And then we have a bunch of shit going on with that guy with the mustache who I can't stand. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I saw right after the, um, Brandy MJF dinner that it was some SCU Joey Ryan segment yeah. that I skipped. Um, so, yeah, I don't have to tell you, man, Lucha Underground apparently is a working agreement with AEW, so I don't see how there's any way we don't get Joey Ryan in the mix here. I can't. Um, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But he he was doing a thing that he was getting beat up all the time, and then the young boxer Cody would save him, and then they're like, we got other places to go. We can't be like every show. Like, why do you keep – so I don't know what's going on with that. But now all of a sudden he's with SEU, and so, like, I, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not I'm not seeking him out. That's that's fair. Um, yeah, he's lurking. For the match, I don't know. There's like there's no build, and I don't know if there will be because uh, Chima and his people yeah. they're out in like Japan. They're doing their thing, you know. They're I don't want to say they're like a guest talent, but it's like the old WCW matches where you know you would bring in like these cruiserweights, these guys from all over, and they would have great matches. But you're not doing like vignettes about them or anything. Like maybe a little video package of the moves they can do. But you're not really expanding them into characters, so I don't know if it's going to be the same or not. If it is, you'll still have the great matches. I don't know. I guess we'll see. This definitely feels like a one-off. Like, SCU will go off and do their real story after they have this, like, really good, hopefully show-stealing match. That's a good point, because one thing I respected about that segment is he commanded so much um, authority that he made them act like grown-ups and gentlemen <laughs> when they were on stage together. I love it. So that was nice. Uh, Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix versus the Young Bucks. Um, I did like the little Young Bucks promo where they talk about, like, oh, well, Lucha Bros, they're kind of what we yeah. used to be. And, uh, you know, that, that adds an interesting dynamic to the match that I hope they deliver on. Beyond that, um, you had the attack at the rally. You had uh, some confrontations at different uh, independent shows. I think it's going pretty well. I'm a little leery of anything with the Young Bucks, just because I know it can turn into something real easily that is not my kind of thing. But if it's good, it's good. Like, I've seen great Young Buck matches where they kind of wrestle a bit differently, you know, than maybe kind of the stereotype would be. So I'm, I'm very interested. I think they've done a solid job hyping it up. I also think they hardly need to hype it up because it's a match that people really want to see just like out of the gate. Yeah. I think too, if you want to be a critic that critiques everything and you don't like, Oh, we got four wrestlers who have power positions. I think the one thing that is honest is that three out of four of them have by far the most hyped matches so far or most like well-treated attention given. So we've seen, we've seen more storyline with Cody and the bucks, I think than anything else. Yeah. True. Uh, what else? We got hangman page and Pac, which is, that might be the sleeper for me because on a few weeks ago before I saw Pac on paper, this is this not only meant nothing to me, it might have been a little bit of a minus because. <laughs> but I now. Just, yeah, now that 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 promo, and then I first I was like, oh, another stupid thing, which I don't have a problem with, but it's just very being the elite. Oh, they're talking about him being overweight and all this stuff. But I kind of, I think Hangman Page could come off so privileged if they're not careful. Mm. It was almost a smart thing to do because it's almost like now he's got adversity even from the guys who are supposed to be the ones who you know who he's kind of in with. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I gotta say, I like Paige overall, but it's definitely Pac who's driving the interest yeah. in this match in just about every way because people are excited to see him uh, back in America uh, doing something different. 
People are excited by his promos, which is amazing to me because I used to make fun of him because his promos mm-hmm. were like indecipherable in uh, in NXT and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. He's tapped into kind of again like this edge, this character piece that's made him so compelling. And yeah, it just looks like he's in amazing shape. He's been doing great in Japan. He's been wrestling in the UK again and doing great there. I don't know. He's bringing a lot of interest to this. So yeah, I agree. This could be um, one of the uh, if not the best match of the night, it really could be. Yeah, and then maybe the oddest one of the, uh, to, for me so far, the main event of the show, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Yeah, they sure, they did something at the rally, and Jericho kind of talked about it a little, and that was like six weeks ago, and, you know, we haven't really heard that much about it since it feels like, because Kenny Omega is very MIA, from road to double or nothing. Um, I imagine he's on, it sounds like he's on being the elite, but he's not really yeah. doing anything right. about this feud. So yeah, I really don't know what to make of that. I don't know. Like you, I was not that enthralled by their first match. I thought it was fine, but they're doing it again. So it's going to be what it is. And then I don't know, then we're hopefully going to move on to Jericho Cody, which is what I'm more interested in. <laughs> Yeah, in one way, we're still two and a half months away from this show. That's true. So Very it's not true. their job to give us something to talk about weekly on our podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, so it could be a lot that's coming later. But it was weird to me that the only thing that they established that worked for me was Jericho kind of saying over and over again a few weeks ago that Omega should thank me. He's going to thank me. But then he gave that to Cody Rhodes, too. So that took that away from the like, strictly being an Omega thing. So I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of the first thing. Is like, oh, well, I'll come out and I'll slap you in the face and we'll brawl. Yeah. But I gave it a pass because of whatever. But, you know, so far, it's weird. From the over-the-budget battle royal all the way up, for me as a wrestling fan, the biggest question mark of anybody is on Kenny Omega. Mm. Like, you know, it's not just that you got, to, you got to show me that you got something, but you are the most coveted free agent. Like, you were the big signing I've heard all the hype, and you got to deliver. And you got to deliver not just as Kenny Omega, but as one of the people who are going to take make something out of nothing with a wrestling company that barely exists right now. True. But I think we should bear in mind that uh, you and I might very well be in the minority here. I mean, we definitely yeah. are, because uh, you have not seen really very much Kenny Omega. I have seen a lot. I'm not that big a fan. That is not where most people are, especially if they're already following along. Most people are already long sold on Kenny Omega as the best wrestler in the world, you know, and not like maybe the best or one of the best, but the best wrestler in the world. That's his reputation. That's his narrative right now. That's what people buy into. So maybe it's just a simple case of we don't need to build this match like this match uh, sells itself on paper to most of the people that might be interested in it. And, you know, if there are a few stragglers, well, guess what? We have interesting people over here, you know, so go look at them and maybe this is not for you because we bring something different for everybody. So, yeah, I don't know. I think you and I are not really in the place where most fans are with Kenny Omega, and uh, that may just bring a totally different perspective to it. That's fair. That's fair. But I also think, are you, your goal to have... AEW never have more fans than whoever's watched Kenny Omega on other shows. True. Or is it to grow your audience? True. So in a way, you do have you need to prove something to fans who might be on the fence, you know, about AEW yeah. and maybe you know, it's not just if Kenny Omega's name was enough, 
to do what AEW I think wants to do, then New Japan or Ring of Honor never would have let him go because they would be like fucking rolling right now. <laughs> well, they didn't want to, in fairness. I think they tried uh, to keep him, but uh, your point is well taken. Um, I will say with Omega, probably the hardest thing is this reputation he has, it's built on wrestling. Yeah. And they don't have any wrestling right now, you know? So I think when they get a chance, that's like fair. Kenny Omega go out there and wrestle, I, I would think that they're thinking that's the thing that's going to like compel people to come back and like, wow, I got to, I got to see this guy again. You know, I got to see him every week on TNT or TBS or wherever the hell he is. You Woo. know, I got to seek this out. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if Kenny Omega, I, Personally, I do not find him compelling at all outside of the ring. Um, and that's yeah, my personal opinion. So they, maybe. They might, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, they, that was really my point. You know, like if he is not compelling outside the ring, then do you showcase his yeah. weakest aspect before people get to know him at his best, which is in the ring? And even though I don't like him, he is at his best in the ring. So there you go. You may, you may have swung me because I have never been in my life more underwhelmed. Then AEW signing him and his whatever he did at the rally with, when he comes out and like I don't know if he was trying like if that's the only gear that you have as far as a personality then just never never even don't do anything except wrestle and never even come close to doing anything else. <laughs> He's like half asleep and doesn't care is what I got out of him. Mm. But I think that might be his personality. He's just laid back and signs Michael Nakazawa and thinks that it's Ibushi. Um, is the character that I feel like I've seen so far. Yeah, so I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what they do with him. Um, he's a tough guy to present because he's got all of this behind him, but I also feel like he has some weaknesses, and you don't want to expose those yeah. before you even get out of the gate. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. We shall see. One thing that I am a fan of, um, it was 2018 for – my man Pentagon Jr. Yes. Whether it was being the Lucha Underground Heavyweight Champion, or wrestling in the MLW, or Miss Van challenging at Redemption for the Impact title in a matchup with Champion Austin Aries and Ray Phoenix. Indeed. I mean, I mentioned it before. I'm going to say it again. Yeah, Pentagon, so important in so many promotions, just showing off his value. Impact, AEW. Uh, Lucha Underground, MLW, as you said, to say nothing of working both CMLL and AAA in Mexico, which is uh, a very uncommon thing for any luchador to be able to do. Um, and that's really just scratching the surface of everything he's out there doing. Just last night, I was watching him wrestle in Germany, doing oh, a great job there as well. So Pentagon is all over the world. He is awesome. And yeah, now we're going to watch this... Uh, we're gonna we're going back to global impact the revolution days. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, impact the revolution back in the day. Wow, that that takes me back. Yeah, man. I, and weirdly enough, as much as impact does wrong, I thought they already did better in some ways in the first like two sentences or so than MLW has been doing because they introduce Pentagon as the breaker of bones and Phoenix as the bird of a thousand lives. And do you know why that was good? Go ahead. It was fucking Matt Stryker doing it, and it was mm. all Lucha Underground all the way. Like, it could have been lifted right out of a Lucha Underground episode. Oh, nice. Uh, the introductions they gave them here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, honestly, credit to them for 
basically stealing, but you know, it's like kind of all fair when it's the same guy and you know, you should present him the same way. So it's smart. You know, I, um, that Pentagon Sammy Callahan match that, that you probably still haven't watched, which is fine. Um, but I'll tell you, I don't know how you'd feel about that match. Probably very so, so, but the, the, the video before the match would thrill you, I think. So, um, yeah, there, there's some good presentation aspects that they're doing with Pentagon in Impact. Yeah, um, and such a difference. I like some of his MLW stuff, but there's a difference between breaking people's arms in a match and it doesn't really break their arms and being called the breaker of bones. Yeah, yeah. That's two different things entirely, and this is you're so right. This is just Lucha Underground, like the storied backgrounds that they gave them. And then hearing, like, Phoenix for a while, MLW and other stuff, I'm like, he is nothing but a good wrestler, nothing else. And I know that's not true because I've seen him do work in Lucha Underground, but that's what it's felt like lately. And then hearing all the bird of a thousand lives, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Phoenix, you know. So this is the big fear that we have, and we haven't articulated it this way, but this is another way to do it. Like, are you going to, like, rather have these guys as kind of, like, are their legacies going to be intact? Are they going to be the breaker of bones and the bird of a thousand lives? Or are they going to just be the remains of the wrestlers who come out of that but are no longer attached to it or attached to it only loosely if you happen to have watched Lucha Underground? Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge concern for me because you can have Pentagon and Phoenix, the really good wrestlers, or you can have Pentagon and Phoenix, the out-of-this-world great mm. characters, um, who are also still really good wrestlers. And it's all about how you present them. So do you bring them in? Are they just like another couple of guys who can do really cool moves? Or do you invest in this rich character potential? And, man, anybody who does the latter is good in my book, you know. I, I've had a lot of lousy things to say about Impact in 2017, and I think they were very uh, well-deserved. We even saw some of them here because they were still showing clips of friggin' Alberto Del Rio being oh, like their, their main character in Impact before he imploded on himself finally and went away for good, we hope. Um, but then, yeah, juxtaposed to that, you have these great little uh, – video moments for Pentagon and for Phoenix. And yeah, it's like, yeah, you have the idea, but then, you know, we didn't really talk about it, but you just have Disco Inferno wandering around backstage hearing the voice of Vince Russo. So I guess Impact is still going to TNA, even if they're not called TNA anymore. But still, you got some good stuff going on, at least. You do have some good stuff, but this is why I can't watch them. (laughs) The lack of consistency is killer. Yeah, think about this. Um, It was supposed to be Austin Aries in the world title match against... Alberto, and he just kind of has a breakdown and has to leave the company. And then think about how often Aries will leave shortly after this. Yeah, it's almost the same, you know, not yeah. not nearly so uh, abjectly unprofessional, but yeah, no doubt a controversial departure marred with this like shooty, is it real, is it not, baloney. Yeah, just you know, nothing, nothing that I'm interested in. I watched that match of Aries and uh, Johnny Mundo. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it, and then at the end, it was like. It was like, yeah, you know, I don't want this. This is bad taste in my mouth at the end here. So, you know, what can you do? And that's why I felt, too. People, oh, damn, I was going to read those. Let me see. I might not be able to pull this up in time. But So we're talking about, real quick, a Disco Inferno. Disco Inferno has uh, just been hired by Impact, I guess, and he's 
Because some things never change. Yeah. Uh, um, I guess he's trying to figure out what his role is. He doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing there. It's uh, so funny because Cody... I've been watching. I'm sorry to interrupt, but um, I've been watching some of the earliest uh, NWA TNA stuff for a different project. Um, and it's it's almost like you could take this segment and put it there and vice versa. It's just like why the people keep hiring Disco Inferno for some reason. And it's because he's like, I don't know. He's funny, supposedly. He's not to me, but, you know, I don't know. So I'm sorry. Continue. Um. Yeah, and so he gets beat up, and so he's wobbly, and he starts hearing the voice of Russo. He sees Matt, Nick, and Cody. And for Impact, to me, the thing that they always do is there's nothing sexier than anything that's not Impact. <laughs> and so, like, you're doing it again. And then but I look at the comment section, and this got how many, how many views is this at? About 98,000, so it, it does... You know, the best NWA, 10 pounds of gold numbers, some of the, does some of the AEW numbers. And, like, the comment section, I laughed so hard at the AEW rib is the first thing up there. Uh. Um, this type of stuff reminds me of the old TNA, and I love it. <laughs> you know, like. I mean, look at the sample, uh, though. You're looking at people who would go onto a, a, an Impact Wrestling yeah. YouTube video and leave comments. So that's, that's a particular kind of person. I wouldn't even say they're a bad person, but, like, no. that's. That's kind of like your fish-in-a-barrel audience, I guess. Like, if you're invested enough in Impact to hunt down these videos, then I think you're already, you know, you're already there. So more power to you. Yeah, I think we got a lot of Russo fans in the... (laughs) Okay, but yeah, it was just a reminder to me that TNA has a long way to go for me to... Because if I had been watching it, I enjoy... I also watched Austin Aries a while back in Mundo, and I liked it, but... The payoff is that you're spitting in my face at the end of it for my right. troubles. Right. For and I'm not going to have that. So, and I worry about AEW. I think they, I think they potentially could be like that at times because they walked that line. So, I hope not. My God. I hope not because that will be that's a deal breaker for me. Yeah, any shooty shoot nonsense is going to be a, a hard pass. I think. <laughs> I like Aries being called the belt collector because he's got all of those belts at this time. Yeah. Liked it. He, he picked up a few impact belts. He picked up some uh, kind of independent belts here and there, just kind of running around wearing them all. You know, every once in a while, you guys see guys doing that. Ultimo Dragon, you know, did it for a while uh, back in the day. Yeah, I, it's nice. It's a good visual. Yeah. One thing I miss that I hope will be in AEW because it's not in MLW is the um, Olay chants with the Pentagon version of them. And we saw <laughs> we saw that at this show. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, my brother hates those chants, so I, I, I'm mixed. Uh, I'm in between you two, I guess. Um, in theory, I, I would a lot of times hate them because it's like, watch the matches in front of you. But there's something, like, the way that it was for me in Lucha Underground is, it's, it's almost a primal chant. Like, the whole building is building up for this, this man's about to destroy you. And it's, it's very disrespectful for the other guy, but in a way that I think... Until you can, it's, it's a, it, yeah, I'm not even going to go there. Cause he has I will a few... say, uh, leaving the specific chant aside, um, I think I know what you're getting at. I love any promotion that presents Pentagon in a way that the crowd will build up behind him that way and not be like dual chanting for the other guy at the same time. Like present him in a way that is going to compel people to build up behind him because he is a character who is so rich in potential for that, 
But if you just make him another guy, then yeah, you're probably just going to get dueling chance just like everyone else because you gave the message that he's just another guy. So now you can't be mad that he's just another guy. That's all I've seen outside of Lucha is the dueling yep. chance. That's that's pretty common, unfortunately. Is there anything more useless? Because it's not even a dueling chance. It's just like acknowledging who the two performers in the ring are. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I've probably been part of a few myself. So the idea is, you know, you want to have your side be louder than the other side. You know, like if you have uh, fans of two different teams in another sport, yeah. like maybe you try to be louder than the other guys. But yeah, I don't know. They're... They're, they're always a little uh, hollow. So uh, if, you, if you're chanting both sides of that chant, then you deserve to be slapped in the face. That's yeah. what I got to say. I do. I, I think there are times that it's very genuine. Like yeah. when I was – this is oh, God, so long. It made almost 10 years. But I would go to Buffalo Wild Wings when I was an undergrad to watch the WWE events. And, like, sure. the Cena chance versus the, the Cena hate was, like, legit. Oh, yeah. It was hot. <laughs> you know, but there are times also that I think it's just, like, you know – we know the names, and, you know, we're trying to get them going. Like, you know, go perform with each other. Yeah, your, for sure. You know, Pentagon does not need to be wrapped up in that. He's not, he's not coming out to play a game with you or to to best you as a mat wrestler. or He should be coming out, like, to take off at least one limb of your body before the match is over. That's the Pentagon I want to see. That's the Pentagon I worry that we're seeing less and less of, honestly. Because in yeah. this match as well... I'll say up front, I really like this match overall. I'm glad we took the time to, to seek it out. But the very start of it is, once again, Pentagon is standing there, and he does his Cerro Miedo taunt repeatedly yeah. until someone punches him in the face for doing yep. it. And I'm like, that's not cool. <laughs> like, there's a line between no fear and no brains, buddy. Come on. Like, get started. Rip someone's arm off. Like, I know you want to. Don't just stand there and do your taunt until somebody jumps you because they're tired of it. <laughs> That happens a lot in the non. Way too much. It's my yeah. number one beef with Pentagon, having uh, watched him outside of Lucha Underground. He does it way too much for my for my taste. I sound like Vampiro now, but it's fine. Like this is a time when it's okay to sound like Vampiro. <laughs> yeah, I really liked um, Aries in this match. Like he really came in as a guy who not only could lose his belt to more than one person, but they're also brothers. They also have a kind of different style. I'm also kind of the older veteran in the match. Like I thought he was, he was trying to play a mental game and keep the chessboard where the pieces need to be. Whereas uh, Penta and Phoenix were kind of just like you know going off. Yeah, very cool stuff. Um, I really like they showed the video package with a bunch of the big spots from the uh, WrestleMania yes. weekend match because there's a lot of areas like anticipating those same spots yes. and avoiding them and having strategy. And very much bearing in mind, well, I lost that match because they, like, took me out together, and I was, like, lying on the floor while I lost the match. That can't happen again. And, you know, he's taking steps to avoid it. It's very cool. I've always liked Austin Hayes. I like hearing you talk about him uh, when he's far away from Bobby Roode because I think mm -hmm. we're a little more on the same page when that happens. Uh, and they couldn't be farther apart now. So that's uh, that's something in its favor, I guess. Yeah, Bobby Roode does not exist in my world, so. Fair enough. I wasn't even <laughs> – no, I'm not even – it'll just make us sad. So, yeah, yeah. Then leave it at that. I liked uh, – I, I don't know what you thought about it, but the uh, gory special and the package pile driver together. It's cool. I like that. I liked yeah, it's it. cool. But I'll, we also got the 450 times two, so there's a lot of, like, doubling up on stuff here at the end. Yep. And it was really was – it felt a lot like – as long as Austin Aries could control the pace in the match, 
it was, you know, it was anyone's game, but then kind of the momentum just like overcomes the game plan. And then when that happens, we escalate quickly to either a Phoenix or, um, Phoenix or Penta victory. And one thing that's really cool is they're like, uh, they're both kicking Austin Aries. And then it is Pentagon who just is like, oh yeah, you know, we're not a tag team right now and kicks Phoenix in face. <laughs> As it should be. Definitely should so. Be. Yeah. Um, I was really pleased. I had actually forgotten. I'm sure I knew, but I'd forgotten. This is the match where Pentagon actually wins that Impact Championship, and that made me very happy and also reminded me of how much further they should have tried to run with that instead of uh, falling back to kind of their old game plan almost right away. But, man, yeah, putting Pentagon on top, that, that's one of the smartest things they could have done at that time, and the fact they didn't stick with it is kind of disappointing. But at least they went there, and uh, I think it still did them some favors. It's absurd. And this will be a theme, because I thought Episode 6 of MLW is one of the best shows I've seen from them. And I, But I do have one big complaint, and it happens to be in the world title match. Uh, but if you're Impact Wrestling, what the hell do you have to lose? Like, be the company. Like, you know, WWE, it was out in the open, wants Pentagon. And then AEW, you know, now wants Pentagon. You had a chance to like be the ones that defined his title reign outside of Lucha Underground, and just let him run with it, yep. and they, then they don't do it, and then MLW is not going to do it. Like I think you're out of your mind not to do it personally, but I, I agree. I don't think AEW is going to do it either. Sadly, yeah. you know, at least not right away. We know that for sure. So I'm interested in when they sign their real deals, what be it with WWE or AEW. To me, I give them leniency this year, and also just nobody like who. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like I'm already given over to the first world champion's going to be maybe one of maybe three people. So, <laughs> are those three people all named Kenny Omega or? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh boy. Kenny Omega, maybe Jericho or or Cody. Hopefully not Cody. It won't be. I can't see it being yeah. Cody. There's no way. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. I don't know who it might be, but you're right. It's not going to be Pentagon right now. But you're fucking stupid. You know, watch, watch, <laughs> Agreed. Just watch. Go binge watch Lucha Underground and tell me who should be world champion in the world right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, that man, you could get so much attention if you do it right because partly he's hot as an independent star. You know, he's got he's got eyeballs on him everywhere. Like you said, you know, Germany, he's everywhere. Yeah. But also, he's gone. You could do things that would get people like, oh, my God, they did what? Like the world champion did what? You know, so you, you could get eyes on your show, I think. But props to them for making Pentagon the world champion. That was nice to see. But, man, Pentagon winning a belt is no in no way what Pentagon being a champion could be. Right, right. So a good a good show, though. And it's also just props to Pentagon's 2018, man. That's a, oh, yeah. That was, that was a year. Great year. Um, great match, honestly. Everyone had a really good 2018 in this match, and yeah. uh, I give credit to all of them. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad we, we sought this out. I pitched uh, the mistake a little bit on uh, adding some regular Pentagon content to uh, our shows here. I have no idea if we'll have time or not, but maybe in the future we'll have uh, some more one-off segments for for the man Pentagon. One of probably our shared favorite wrestler in the world right now. Yeah. So a great way to excuse that would be AEW making him world champion. So that would just oh, yeah. every episode, like we're gonna watch Pentagon and AEW this weekend. We're gonna watch Pentagon somewhere else. Oh, I love you it. Know? Come on, man, do it, do it, AEW. What you got to lose? Just billions <laughs> of dollars. 
<laughs> okay. Um, I'm excited, and I apologize for not watching this bonus match. I didn't see it last week. You sent me a bonus match for convincing me, and man, it was it was some uh, illuminating uh, theater for me. <laughs> I'm very excited to hear what you think of this. Uh, the match, for anyone uh, who doesn't know, is Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian taking on Cody Rhodes and Marty Skrull back from uh, August 2017, uh, New Japan Ring of Honor combined show with a couple other people. Uh, War of the Worlds UK was called. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure you know immediately the reason that I, uh, I oh, yeah. specifically picked this match for you, but I really want to hear uh, all your thoughts about it, so let's go into it. So this is um, at a time where Christopher Daniels, God bless him, 15 years in Ring of Honor, never world champion, and he becomes world champion. Yep. But then, you know, we're not in, we're not in his era right now. This is an era where it's like it's the Bullet Club's world, and so maybe it doesn't go the way he that he thinks it should. Uh, it feels like the fans betray him. Uh, this is a time where they are the addiction, Daniels and Kaz, Cody and Marty, part of the Bullet Club, but they're also here in um, – the UK, they're also the Allied Powers. <laughs> so some interesting stuff going on here. I, I figured you would not be able to resist Cody Rhodes cosplaying as Lex Luger. Complete, I might add, with a torture rack spot in this yes. match. With the worst torture rack I've ever seen in my life. And, and God <laughs> bless him for it. He doesn't quite have the frame of Luger to, uh, to put someone on top there. So. But you know that you're supposed to do something with them while they're up there, right? <laughs> This is the man I praised for actually acting like the figure four was an active move. When a lot of people don't, they act like it's just a passive move once you lock it in. But nobody told him the torture rack is the same way. <laughs> he was probably just trying to concentrate on keeping the guy up there. You know, he's not known for his upper body strength. So. That's fair. Uh, a lot of uh, theater here. I have a proposal since I am an old man who could really do without all the theatrics I see. Okay. Um. Uh, Maybe just across the board, all non-WWE wrestlers cut their antics by 20%. <laughs> and they, that way people can still be happy. They can still do them. But people who might be turned off by it can also enjoy it because it might not be – it might not take like half the – you know. Sometimes I want to start the videos at like the 15-minute mark because I know that's when the match is actually going to start. <laughs> hey, you know, I am uh, I am not opposed to skipping over some of the baloney uh, that they do before the matches sometimes. So I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> this is good, though. This is – I don't know. Were they, were they not SCU yet at this time? Maybe? I don't think so. Not quite yet. Okay, they still have – with the addiction, they still have kind of something similar. I think SCU, both, both groups have kind of the road dog – uh, type interns where they have a lot of things that they say, some of it new, so a lot of it built in. Yeah. And I like them here. I, I think I like the more, the older they get, the more I like them. <laughs> Weird, but true. I would agree with that completely. Because they, they, in one way, they try to be hip and all that, but another, they, they to me, they come off well in, in the kind of get off my lawn type old man chick. Yeah, that, somehow they're doing both. And it's yeah. like, we're like the cool old guys, but not like in an obnoxious way. So like in a, a way that's obnoxious in the right way, I should yeah. say. Um, so yeah, no, I I always like Christopher Daniels. I know you and I used to argue about this, but I'll say, yeah, this Christopher Daniels is better than Christopher Daniels. I do a lot of moves, Christopher Daniels, yeah. that he was for a long time. So it, it's a credit to him. For expanding even farther uh, in who he, who he is as a wrestler. 
I'm a weird person that nothing makes me happier in life, be it wrestling or life, than seeing progress and seeing people change. Like, there's a lot of people that just get scared and offended when anyone changes in any way. But I love not just like not wake up one day and Christopher Daniels is like um, P and News. I don't know what that even means. But, you know, like he's still the same human being, but like he's evolved and like he's changing. And this part, this part of his life is a lot of people. The only pushback maybe I see where people are on my side is a lot of times in music. Um, Jay-Z has a line that pretty much says something like, people want my old stuff, buy my old album. You know? (laughs) And that should be life, in my opinion. Like, I don't understand how you go through life and never have a new thought or present yourself differently or try something else. Like, I I couldn't be 20-year-old me if I wanted to be, and I don't want to be because he was absurd and over the top and couldn't handle anything, but that's beside the point. You know, and so I watched Daniels, and I think another way that we are different is you are big time on the wrestling. I am starting to figure out, and maybe it'll come out more in my vocabulary. The wrestling matches to me are just like, they're the, I don't want to say they're secondary because they're not, especially when it matters. But for me, why the match matters comes out of what the story is and what the narrative is. And so... I can never be a fan of like uh, Christopher Daniels, a lot of the X Division guys, to be honest. Right. And Bobby Roode, kind of when he was the enforcer, like I still kind of liked him by then, but it's like ah. But now I see someone who gives me a reason to watch his matches, and then when I watch his matches, I can be like, oh, he's also really good in the ring. But like even the promo at the beginning, and then being mad, and and goddamn that fifteen years that. That broke my heart in a way. It's like this man, this is this man's life, and he's been with Ring of Honor for 15 years, and he's never been their world champion. Like that's some real shit. And then, like, who would not hate the fucking Bullet Club? Like, you know, <laughs> like these guys are just passing through. Like, I don't blame Ring of Honor in New Japan because they did as much for them. Like, you can't take away the money they probably made by having these guys. Oh yeah. But, you know, do they think that they are, I don't want to say better, but at the minimum that this is just a stepping stone to something else? Yeah. And I'm the guy who wrestled for 15 years and not wasn't your world champion and stayed with your company, and it took 15 years? Like, this is what I love, and it goes back to what I said last week with old school wrestling. The heel in the history of wrestling, the guy who has the biggest reasons to be offended is the heel. And the baby face is so often just the arrogant son of a bitch who you know is going to leave you at the altar, right when you set up that honeymoon at Madison Square Garden. So I just, I was deeply invested with this feud, with the storyline that was being told, and with the matchup here. Yeah, I uh, I get where you're coming from, maybe more than you think, because uh, I understand, as a fan, you don't want to watch a wrestling match in a void, necessarily. You want to have some reason to invest, just beyond, like, the wrestling that's happening, especially if it's the kind of wrestling where... Maybe guys, you know, they're just doing big moves or something. Um, I'm sure you'll agree it's totally possible to create character, story, investment just in a match itself. But not everyone, you know, does that. And sometimes that's not even what the crowd necessarily wants to see. But you want to see it. And, you know, a lot of times I want to see it. You're right that I'm a little more flexible and that maybe I can just sit down with any match and like it, even if I never even heard of these people before. But, but yeah, a lot of times I really want to see that investment. It goes back to what we're talking about. I want to see your wrestling character, you know, when you're doing these AEW videos. I want to get a reason to invest 
that uh, that matters to the match and that isn't just you know kind of like your your little biography documentary. So I totally get it. Um, uh, I will also say some of the best promos I've heard in the last few years came from Christopher Daniels, and that is surprising to me, even as a Christopher Daniels fan, you know, from kind of way back. So uh, I'm glad he's getting some recognition for that. I think uh, if we ever do a convince me on Christopher Daniels, I'll show you some really interesting stuff that you'll like a lot. Yeah, I think partly too, maybe it's age, maybe it's experience, but he subdued himself at times. So like yeah. they're, they, they have an over-the-top gimmick, but like his promos, are, he's found a way to be laid back. And this is what I've asked for, like Impact, so many of these guys, like I would have bet anything I ever earned that AJ, AJ Styles could not be a top star in WWE. But at the same time, it, I didn't realize that WWE, you know, for like 10 years, it really is all wrestling. If you want to see good wrestling, you can find it in WWE. Weirdly, yes. Weirdly, WWE yeah. WWE has become that company, so. But like these guys, you have to put some of them in a special, like, a special way. So I'm thinking about when the dude from Arrow, I think maybe he was training and, and it was kind of Jericho-esque, you know, Christopher Daniels just walks into where he's training and just laid in a laid back way, lets them know what's what, and then walks away. You yeah. know. Yeah. And I like that command over who he is as a character. Yeah, he's got a lot of uh, layers and nuance to what, on the surface, might seem just like, oh, he's out there just like braying and being obnoxious. Yeah. You know. But no, he like he has a really good command of like, you know, I'll do that when it's the time for that, and then when it's not. You know, I will be dramatic or I'll be serious or I will be matter of fact. And he has a lot of different tools to get over, um, to get over like what he wants to get over. And I think uh, it's a really great credit to him. You know, he's very good at that. In the match, the two people who impressed me the most were Cody Rhodes and Christopher Daniels, because I now have a new thing after watching a lot of wrestling that's going on now is that Anyone who does anything in sequence, in a sensible sequence, is my new favorite wrestler. <laughs> so it's not just hitting the move that, you know, how many times is it the best thing for Shane Strickland to do a roll through into a diamond cutter? Mm-hmm. You know, like there's got to be a time that the third attempt while you're rolling through, someone's just going to step on your rolled up body. But like these guys were doing, like there would be two or three moves, like Christopher Daniels, I don't know if what it's called, but it's like the suicide dive, except it's at the turnbuckle, you know. Yeah, yeah. But he he just kind of did it, you know, like I did a move, and that guy's down, and then I see this guy just standing there, and so I go into that, and it's, you know, yeah. do the thing that looks like it makes sense once in a while, and then you'll win my heart these days. For sure. It's a big thing for me, for wrestlers to do things that make it look like they're actually trying to win the match. Yeah. Um, you know, like a lot of people, you know, they'll post gifts or something of like, Guys running up to the ropes, and then instead of jumping out, they do, like, a triple flip backwards mm-hmm. or something. Oh, man. It's like, yeah. So that's not for me. You know, that's really kind of a turn off to me, honestly. And it's uh, just the same. You say, like, somebody wants to hit a cutter, but first they have to do, like, two somersaults. Or they have to, you know, do all this stuff. Jay Lethal just, like, broke the record for longest Ring of Honor champion. His finisher is, like, a cutter. But first I'm going to, like, handspring over here and flip yeah. back over. And it's like... Uh, okay, whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah, try to win the match. Don't maybe just stand there till you get punched. Don't just wait for yeah. like, some contrived sequence. Do what you got to do to, like, get the advantage. Sell me on that. And, yeah, I agree. You'll be way ahead in my book. Yeah, and, you know, if the excess helps you be a character and people like it, that's fine. But sure. do it in a way that looks like you're actually in real time competing and not waiting for the next thing that was laid out to happen. 
Sure. I mean, you know me. I have no problem with, like, a lot of flips, a lot of, like, athletic stuff, as long as it still kind of fits in that mindset. Like, if you can make that all work together, that's great. And some people don't even need that. Some people like it anyway, and that's more power to them. You know, I know I'm in the minority a lot. Um, But, yeah, just, like, keep that focus on what you're doing. And to me, you'll be in a good place. You know, you'll be doing the kind of wrestling that I want to come back and I want to see again. If that's what they like and they're in the majority, then I say less power to them. <laughs> share, share the space a little bit. A bold statement. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I'm curious. You talked about uh, people toning down their antics by at least 20%. So I'm curious then what you thought of uh, your man, Marty Skrull here, um, who I think is uh, – he does uh, to me, he does a lot of antics. Um, yeah. But uh, I want to know what you think of him. Well, there was the whole, you know, the hugging, kissing thing that went on forever with all four of them. So by by then, I was already, you know, fair enough. Again, it's almost like this thing. It's like if it's gonna be there, it's gonna be there. But at the same time, you're selling me on the fact right before this that this is, you know, a man who wrestled for 15 years to win a world title and then feels like everyone betrayed him. So I was like, they they got business to get to, but right. maybe they don't. Um. Marty didn't fully. He didn't really. Impre- he impressed me early in that. Like his fundamentals are nice. Yeah. Like it, it, when they were like chain wrestling and he's like rolling through and kicking out the arm and all that. He it, to me that was nice. Um, what do I have here? Because I have something. Excessive. Oh, that goddamn that that one count thing to me is about the dumbest thing in the match, <laughs> where they just kept rolling each other up for it. Like, what's what's the motivation behind that? Like. Roll up one count, flip all, flip it out to the other side. Roll up one count, roll up one count, roll up one count, roll up one count, roll up one count. Like, like I, for me, this is just me. Like, you take your shit seriously. Nobody's winning a match like that. So, what are you guys doing? Are you actually in a feud, or are you like, like doing a comic stand-up routine together as opponents? I don't know what the hell you're up to. I didn't leave this match especially impressed. With his wrestling, but again, I thought his entrance was was phenomenal. Um, he brings an energy that I like. Yeah, I, I'm not sold on him, you know, as far as like I I've not watched him a lot, but I like his entrance. I like his clothes. I like the vibe that he brings. I think his fundamentals are really good. I think this is why, but this is also why I'm saying that I would bring him in as a really pissed off guy who's not with the elite because I think he right. needs something. I think something needs to change with him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, it sounds like yeah, we we have uh, some of the same thoughts here. There's definitely a lot of strong points with Marty Skrull. Um, where he loses me typically is uh, I can't remember how much he did in this match, but there's a lot of moves where he has to like yeah do like a big dance before it, or he yeah. has to like kind of flounder around. He has to like walk around flapping his wings like a bird, which I don't yeah. really like. There's a lot of weird stuff that he kind of. Sometimes I feel he's just, like, throwing everything at the wall and, like, it doesn't really matter to him if it sticks or not because it's just, like, throw on more stuff. Oh, even with his gear, it's a little too much sometimes. He's like, oh, I have, like, a hat, but I also have, like, this big mustache and now these glasses and now a gas mask and I have an umbrella and a coat and it's, like, every accessory that you could put in your, like, create a wrestler video game, you know, just pile on every layer that you can find, so... Sometimes a little much for me, but sometimes it works really well. So uh, it, maybe it just depends on which Marty Skrull you get. Yeah. I, I have two responses to that. Number one, I blame Nick Aldis. <laughs> if this guy is too over the top and needs to be serious, his so-called best friend in the world for 16 years or whatever, 
was a man who can only be serious. <laughs> but he couldn't get any of that through to his friend. Like, what's, what the fuck's your problem, Nick Aldis? So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm okay with laying some blame there. I noticed, and then number uh, two. I'm sorry, go ahead. I would say... The thing I, like, if I was booking him, the potential I see in Marty Skrull is that everything I think he does comes out of an insecurity about his size and his place in the wrestling world. Yes, I like that narrative. So then the big close, I like the close, but but then you said, like, three or four things are excessive. Why are they excessive? Because he's too small and he's not the guy that he needs to be. He's not the guy he wants to be and he's insecure. Um, Why is he flapping his fucking wings? Because... He's trying to get attention. And he's trying to be big. He's fucking peacocking, you know, sure. like literally, yep. you know. <laughs> so if you could build that into the fact that he's insecure and that insecure, the catalyst for all of that could be being left behind when all his friends went on without him. Mm-hmm. And you could just build out of that. You know, the thing that separates mankind from being like an unwashed, talented, like monster that dwells in the bowler room is the fact that he wanted to be Shawn Michaels and he you know that he I have a mind and I have goals and I have ambitions and desires but they're also I got this fucking wound that is not far from being healed and that's what you got to do man you want to get at people's characters get at the wound and he's got an obvious wound and you could tie everything to it but that t- like with Pentagon you know it takes the right booking and it takes the right vision to make that happen for sure. I think there's a big difference between Marty Skrull, the guy you're talking about, the guy who is like pissed off and insecure and out to like be so ostentatious that no one can ever forget him. And he's going to be mean and break your fingers and just do all the worst yeah. stuff and be all over the top. There's, that's great. There's a world of difference between that and Marty Skrull, just as he is, just like being straightforward and like, yes, these are all cool things that a cool person would do. Yeah. You know, and it's like. Uh, are they? They're kind yeah. of like, it's it's a lot uh, just to be that. So the presentation is important, and I fear we've gotten more towards the latter in uh, in the past year or two, but we'll see how it goes. I could say that in a way about the entire Bullet Club if you're watching them from True. afar, because I almost, like, if anything kept me from watching independent wrestling, it might have been the fact that the hottest thing going, you know, was like people there doing the too sweet yeah. You know, like that's the dumbest, like, when all I would think about, I hadn't watched any of it, is, like, that shit is so tired. <laughs> and, like, you got them out there doing that, and half the time they're baby faces, you know. So I've, I've, ne- I've just never, I've never been a fan either of the cool baby face, which is just, like, cool straight up bullying, because now I'm not only good, but I'm also hip, and I'm also, like, I'm everything, and you're nothing, you know, which is, <laughs> that's not good storytelling. Sure, I gotcha. Um, one last point on all that. Uh, thank you for not putting the latest 10 pounds of gold on here, because I saw it was Nick Aldis talking to Harley Race. I love Harley Race. I know he's had some health problems, so much much good wishes to him, but I don't think I could sit another 10 minutes of Nick Aldis, like, dryly talking about how much he loves history and the NWA and how wonderful he thinks old wrestling is and I don't know just so just thank you for not putting that on I think uh we're we're a little better off for not having that did you watch it absolutely not okay <laughs> was it good um, I mean maybe it was good and I didn't know no no shout um first of all shout out to Harley Race who is yes you know having health issues and he's, he's a fucking boss a fucking king Love literally not a gimmick in this wrestling world but I felt like watching it that he was there against his will. Oh, wow. 
and not even in a way. It's just like let's roll him up in in his wheelchair and have Nick or like Nick Oz wasn't really sitting beside him. They were just recording like because it is it's exactly what you said it was except for Holly Race. I don't know how much he can communicate. I don't know where he's at, but like he said a few words and Nick Oz is starting to. This is another way to make him interesting. Like instead of like the the stars have him stalk like the legends and he's projecting himself. None of them feel like like you know, you, 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 I haven't co-signed you, but he's just projecting his shit onto them. Oh wow, Nick Aldis, the guy who like traps former yes. WA champions into like terminal conversations about like what he thinks the NWA is there. That is way too good for Nick Aldis to ever pull off. It will never happen. But if someone good did that gimmick, I would actually love it. Well, he did it whether he meant to do it or not. <laughs> well, you know, maybe that's the way to get into it. So, wow. He's, wow. he's wrestling that night as somebody with the last name of Race, who Holly Race, I think, was introducing. Mm. So, like, Holly Race is there for his opponent. who might, I guess maybe he's a family member. I don't know. I don't know if he's or not. But, you know, then on the side, he's got, like, thank you for meeting. Thank you for taking the time to meet with me. Um, I'm wondering what, like, when you were eight-time world champion, did you like being world champion? Would, or would you rather have never been a world champion? Which one felt better? Um, you know, I'm, and Holly Race, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he just can't do this stuff now or if how much he was into it. But I just. Well, what he has is lung cancer right so he's not gonna do a lot of talking i think yeah yeah but then that looks bad because it's yeah. like fucking nick aldis just yeah whatever talking to himself about yeah. yeah yeah talking to himself about himself and then also are you really praising the legacy this is what is starting to bother me it's like if i bring up your legacy for 10 minutes will you then pat me on the head and say i'm kind of like all of that too and that i'm also that this is a real title and not some bullshit like maybe he's starting to think that the cameras are not even real and they're not even on youtube or on tv and that he's carrying around a belt that doesn't exist because it's like he's desperately trying to get confirmation that he's actually an nwa champion <laughs> for somebody well if there was ever a candidate for a person who didn't really exist it would be nick aldis so. yeah <laughs> We won't be doing any more unless Marty's girls on them. All right. God bless. Um, cool. But I do want to say, if any – God knows probably no wrestlers would ever listen to this, but if they did, holy crap, the gimmick of a wrestler who, like, traps legends and tells them what he thinks about their career and, like, oh, it was so good, but maybe you could have yeah. done this better and I'm really just like you. Man, I would <laughs> – that's a great gimmick in my opinion. I would love to see someone run Yes. <laughs> it's in the pauses. So, like, you know – you're a really good NWA champion, and I'm, and nobody's saying anything. <laughs> it's like, uh, you want to jump in and like, oh yeah, you are too, but nobody's yeah. saying that. <laughs> and so then he starts over with another, like, historical <laughs> thing. You know, and that's kind of what it felt like. Oh, and it, man. It was embarrassing. Like, I think what you, if Holly Race cannot really, you know, contribute, because of, then just have him after the match. Because they show part of the match with the dude, Race. I'm sorry, I can't remember. I don't, we, we weren't doing the segment, so I don't have his name. But have him go over there and just, like, pay his respect with a handshake or a hug or something and walk on. Right. Just, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging a former champion in the building. But don't but that, put him in your thumbnail and try to, like, make the whole episode about yeah. him. Like, 
we get it. Nick Aldis is not a draw to anyone, so you want to put Harley Race on there so someone will watch your video. But, geez, like, come on. I don't know. Oh, boy. I didn't learn anything about Harley Race or Nick Aldis in that video. Yeah. You know, so what were you trying to do? And it's like the only thing – because Dory Funk, occasionally you would get a comment like, oh, and then you're also doing something, you know. <laughs> But I thought you really didn't even get that with this, so it was just like there's a lot of stuff just hanging in the air and it looked it looked small mm. to me. And they they really just need to I, I'm almost changing my mind that I've been I've had the stance that Nick Aldis is better than nothing. <laughs> and that stance is being threatened at this point. Oh boy. Um yeah, I mean, do you think you think AEW sometimes struggles to fill out their like weekly series? How tough must it be for the NWA? Who, yeah, they really they have nothing going on, really. You know, honestly. So I don't know what the twenty year plan is. Apparently, the plan right now is for nothing to happen. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That I'm was one feeling cool very thing. critical right now, Nick Aldis and the NWA. Uh, but I think it's well deserved. Uh, Billy Corgan was sitting in that fucking little gym with his like Hollywood looking self and he stood out so much but in a kind of an awesome way like he made it feel like oh this is a big deal so there's a lot of stuff going on but then at the center of it and I would just go maybe I don't know but then I don't know if you can because it's just like with impact what you were when I was reading you those disco Vince Russo comments if you read if you read those videos the, the folks that watch that regularly now has bought into like Nicholas is our guy yeah more power to him again, or maybe less, like you said. But, um, yeah, again, the people who are seeking out this video, that is your audience already. So, yeah, I don't know. Nobody you found knows. someone, though, at the beginning who was somewhat talented in the ring and but also could tell a story. Mm. You just would have been so much better off. Yeah. You know, you got to be – like, you have the best videos maybe in professional wrestling. Oh, yeah, they're – they're great. Like the way they're shot and presented, it's great, but there's just no content there right now. Yeah. And I do I watched one a while back with uh the Tim Storm. Yeah, he, I know it of Tim Storm, yeah. But I mean, I have no interest in that man, but even when he, he was champion and was following him around, it was still more like he he was going back to the ECW arena where the belt was thrown down mm. as NWA champion. And before he did it, he just went to fit like he had never, I guess, like explored Philly. So he explored it, and I was he went to the Rocky statue. And I was like, this guy's having a good time. Look at him. And someone thought, someone asked him, "Are you Sylvester Stallone?" I think, or something like that. He's like, no. But it was it was charming if it wasn't anything else. Sure, yeah. And I, I haven't seen a lot of Tim Storm, but just hearing about him was actually honestly a little more interesting because he's kind of like this grizzled older guy who's worked yeah. for a long time. He never really got much of a break now he's nwa champion he's really like trying to make the most of it and he knows like any match could really be his last chance to be in this spotlight and uh you know he's trying to hold on to that there's something compelling about that more so than really anything i've ever seen with nick aldis that, that was just me hearing about it so yeah i don't know like yeah i feel like you'd almost be better off building up a guy from scratch than taking a guy who already kind of proved himself to be nothing a bunch of times over. So Yeah, and especially because Nick Aldis is always going to be a heel to me because he's either a heel or nothing. Like, his babyface stuff is just so <laughs> painful. So if it was going to be someone who's more of a heel telling these stories, 
then if you had a young guy like because Shane Douglas is in the building, he will not talk to NWA, so he would not grant it. So we they show him like sitting at a table because like that's the guy that threw the fucking belt down, you know. And Tim Storm's in the building too, like they're in the same backstage together, right. and it's like you know this is a fucking awkward thing because we're trying to rebuild a belt, and there's the man that kind of you know started that. So give Tim Storm that time, and then have someone who takes the belt just do it in in an ugly way and kind of let Tim Storm know, like, oh, you thought this was your time? Why would you be 60 years old and it be your time? It's never <laughs> going to be your time. The world was never going to be for you. Right. Like, the only reason you were champion was so this day could come where I take the belt from you. You know, and Nick Aldis can't do that. You know, he's going he's gonna to be gross. Like, he's gross no matter what. <laughs> what is that? He'll our face. <laughs> it's just like, it's in a way that, this is unlikable, but not in the way that you intend it to be. Like, right. It's just off-putting. And watching him at Holiday Race is, is one of the lows. Like, I wanted to, I wanted to do that one because I feel like it's fucking Holiday Race. And, like, how many more times? Like, you know, he's a fucking legend. Yep. And I watched the whole video, but I was like, I can't do this. I can't. It's embarrassing. Like, man, just, I would rather, mm, yeah, stop. But if he had disrespected Holiday Race... Which is not cool because, like, you know, at this point, we don't need to be doing that. That's like WWE WrestleMania shit. Mm-hmm. Like, are you dead or close to dead? Would you like to be disrespected for a hot angle this year? You know? <laughs> is, yeah. <laughs> but, like, that would have been a half step above whatever it was that he was doing. Ugh. Like, the pandering and the naked, the silence and the... They didn't, they didn't get what it needed. They should. I think they should, at minimum they should have been like, you know what, good idea, but we didn't get what we needed, so we're not going to air this video. Yeah. Yeah. The Emperor has no clothes, and I don't tune in to watch naked Nick Aldis walking around with nothing but his 10 pounds of gold. <laughs> Godly. <laughs> and also, you got me spooked a little bit, because if this whole feud happens without Marty being on camera, then fuck them for even having the match. <laughs> I really just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it'll be different, but I I'll, i think I said it last week. I'll say it again. I don't think Marty Skrull cares about this match at all. <laughs> I think he's focused on Ring of Honor. He's focused on going to AEW. I think this is like a blip on his radar, and he'll, he'll do a good job, I'm sure. Like, he'll put in the effort. He's a professional, but I don't think, like, this is not a big deal to anyone except Nick Aldis and maybe the NWA, although I don't know if even they take it that seriously anymore, so... It's got to be a big deal to the other for it to be a big deal for it to work, though. Yeah. I just said it, but as nakedly as this is just Nick Aldis by himself is the worst look you can have. Agreed. Because, like, I don't mind being lied to. Like, I know the NWA is not what it used to be, but if you can tell me a story that makes me feel like it is, I'll I'll play play along with you. Sure. But when even your stories make me feel sad, like, I don't want... It's like when when we do life writing and memoir and you teaching a class, you make it clear that a lot of people write about trauma. A lot of people go to hard places, but the one thing a writer never wants is pity. They want that they're trying to tell a story that is com- conveys a lot of things, but the goal is not to be felt sorry for. Right. And I was watching these videos and I'm starting to feel sorry for them, mm-hmm. and that's never what you want. So. Yep. Okay, so I was pleased because I'm a little slow to the to the uptake sometimes. So even when he was doing the rack, it was just like, well, that's weird to me. But then, uh, dude, uh, my the challenger, my man, Marty catches uh, the guy on the shoulder and he does the British Bulldog running slam. I was like, oh, he's fucking Allied Powers because nobody pays respect to them, and the fans either didn't know what the hell was going on or didn't care. So, but they did it. 
and that was nice. That you know what it feels like to be a Lex Luger fan, where he's not in the Hall of Fame and nobody acknowledges him. I mean, he's never on any shows, and we act like he didn't do anything that he did yeah. or could have done anything that he could have done. And then here in this random show is a spot paying tribute to the Allied Powers, and it was nice. Yep, for sure. For anyone who got whiplash on that, yeah, we're going back to talk about the tag match from uh, <laughs> we we yes. went far afield. So yeah, no, I I thought it was great. Um, you know, I've heard you and Brooklyn and others talk about Allied Powers, and you know, you like them, and of course, we're always fans of Lex Luger. So whether or not the um, torture rag looked any good or not, I uh, I really couldn't pass up an opportunity to uh, showcase this match because yeah, it's an interesting little thing with some guys who are all. Now or probably will be associated with AEW, um, and uh, yeah, it, it just it felt very relevant to everything we're talking about, and uh, I appreciated the little touches they put in there. Yeah, absolutely. I also said that Cody Russell's a tag match, like he's the guy. The whole match, like he's the guy that's about to betray his partner. So he's always <laughs> like, "Yeah, you, you go do this thing," and he's just standing there. And and everything I've ever seen, that's the guy who then kicks you while you're jumping out to do the thing that he told you to do, but. He never betrays you. He just does that stuff in the tag match. So. Yep, yeah, just how he is. More power to him. This will be a victory, I, as I expected, for the Bullet Club, for Rhodes, for the Allied Powers, mm-hmm. for Skrull. They will um, get the victory, I think, with both of them uh, locking in their finishers, one a pinfall and one a submission hold here at the end of the match. Indeed. Anybody who does a chicken wing is a badass, too, though. Sure, sure. Yeah. Chicken, chicken wing's nice. <laughs> I wish he didn't, um, I don't remember if it's this match or, or other matches, but uh, the whole production before he puts it on is a little much for me. But, yeah, I like the chicken wing as a move. So We got to figure out in life how we can eventually transition back to WWF, the Legacy Series 2 one day. Because I am happy to do that whenever we have capacity, so we'll, we'll figure it out. There is little in this world as good as Bob Backlund's heel run. Yes, I would love to get to that. It is so nice. Okay, anything else AEW related or are these fellas that we've been chatting about? Uh, I don't think so. Um, We're not able to do the normal Convince Me segment today because of uh, a little bit of a time issue, and that's fine. I'm going to get back to that next week. Everything else with AEW? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think we've had any new talent except Michael Nakazawa. Um, come in, so we'll just have to keep keeping an eye on that, figure out who we want to spotlight, and uh, yeah, no, I'm I've been really excited, you know, I've, I've gotten more and more into putting my part of these together, the convince me stuff. Um, I like making a big list of all the matches these people have had recently, and oh. try to seek out like which ones are most interesting, which ones are going to show us something about this person. You know, am I going to be convinced? Am I going to unconvince myself? You know, if mm. I take a look at someone I thought I liked and like, well, maybe, maybe I didn't like him as much as I thought. So yeah, it's a really rich way to kind of like um, look at people and experience some some really varied wrestling. So I'm I'm loving it. You know, AEW is opening a lot of good avenues, even for me as a fan who's watched a lot of stuff. So that's uh, that's very cool. It's got so much potential too because mm-hmm. you're seeing, as you just said. Do I really like these folks as much as I thought? And I'm seeing them for the first time. But then we got to see them all as AEW stars. And do, sure. do we like do we like them better for it? Do we like them less? Is it the same thing again? You know. Yeah. Will they have the all Lucha Underground thing. effect of making everyone better when they come mm-hmm. in, or will they have the uh, TNA effect of sometimes mm-hmm. everyone looks worse when they come in? You know, in some parts of their history. I don't know. It'll be uh, totally new though, totally fresh, and I, I can't wait to see it. 
Here's something else I did not mention, but this is weird, ungodly thing in the world that every time there becomes a new Dolph Ziggler AEW rumor, <laughs> then there's also Jack Swagger does an interview. Ugh. Or every time there's a Jack Swagger, then Dolph Ziggler. Like they keep cropping up, and this week it happened again, and I don't know. Dolph Ziggler, I ain't say he's, a, he's under a handshake agreement and he's been under it for years because he's a vet and he wants to do all these things. So that sounded like he's not going, but at the same time, are you really still doing handshake deals if that's true? You know, there are guys, man, Alberto Del Rio, Jack Swagger. Like, I don't want to see them in the company. Dolph Ziggler, I don't know if he'll do well, but, like, just on a felt sense level, I like, I... I want to see Dolph Ziggler under any circumstance. Yeah. He's on my top like, five of people that please don't sign this man, you know, honestly. Go do your little comedy. Go do whatever you yes. have to do. Your, your time comedy. is over so hard so yeah. many years ago. There was a time when I was excited about you, and I can barely remember that time. And I don't want to try to dig it up because... Uh, the world has passed you by. I'm sorry. That's my feeling on Dolph Ziggler. Well, maybe this part of the Lucha Underground, but this is what I have to say. And this is, God damn it, Dolph Ziggler, don't make me do it. But <laughs> Because I was not really that much of a fan. The two most disgusting people ever to come into wrestling at one time for me were um, Johnny Mundo and um, Dolph Ziggler because they both were like, oh, this is the next Shawn Michaels. And then I would watch them. And I was like, <laughs> Shawn Michaels also could do a fucking promo, bitch. I remember those you, days. Yep. <laughs> and guess what? I have lived long enough to have liked Johnny Mundo. Sure. Yeah. You know, I'm at the point that if they book him right, I wouldn't mind him being somewhere, you know. But fucking Dolph Ziggler, man. God damn. Go, go, go do your comedy. Look. And, yeah. Look at the difference between these men, though. You know, like, yeah, they have kind of similar past. They started probably around the same time. You know, they, they were both talked about in a certain way at one time. In 2011, um, John Hennigan was was not real happy with how he was going, decided not to renew his contract. He decided to go out and bet on himself. Dolph Ziggler mm. has just stood under the same umbrella. He stood on the same rug that keeps getting pulled out from under him. He just keeps getting back on the rug, you know, so many times that, like, how could anyone care about this man anymore? Like, he's a chump. How could he not be a chump? He's a dork. He's not interesting or cool. He has just stood there and taken the abuse and just smiled about it. I'm just happy to be here. More of the same baloney. You know, wrestle at a thousand WrestleManias. I don't care because you're going to be a chump at every one of them. You don't know how to bet on yourself. Your time is over. You failed too many times. I don't believe it can be salvaged. I just, there. Okay, that's my feeling on Dolph Ziggler. That is well said. There are times when I am writing a paper or doing research and, like, it gets so messy because there's, like, articles I printed, there's books I'm reading. And, like, I might have a book on the floor that I was reading, and the book is there so fucking long that it's, like, if I were to clean the space the same way I wouldn't, like, put the couch in the closet, I don't move the book because the book becomes part of the floor. And I think going <laughs> off what you said, Dolph Ziggler stood on that rug so long that I don't know him from the rug, and I don't, you know. Yeah. Like, you, you made your fucking lot on that rug. Stay on that rug and leave everybody else in their space alone. Absolutely. Oh, God, and then what, what are we going to bring in? Jack Swagger to, to watch. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. do your MMA. That's fine. Yeah. That's, that's a great fit for you, actually. It's a great fit. Do it. You know, I have no beef with you doing that, but you're not a character. You're not a personality. You don't have a place in wrestling for me. So, no, please stay far away. 
This is our promise to you that we have stayed consistent. We will always in history have been the folks who weekly brought you the build of AEW, but we are not bound to AEW any more than they are bound to us. So, yeah, that'll be an easy transition back to WWE yeah. Legacy Series if uh, smart things go south. Yeah. Oh, dear God. Every time, man. And, and the fucking clickbait of the Dolph Ziggler interview oh, was uh, AEW targets, something like that. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> And but the article, I, I skimmed it, but it just looked like that more they wouldn't be there. But I don't who know who the fuck knows. Uh, one one piece of news that I believe is confirmed is that uh, Anderson and Gallows are not going to renew under any circumstances. Okay. Uh, so maybe they'll come to AEW. They certainly have connections with some of the people there. Yeah. I have no interest in seeing them there just because at one point they were part of the Bullet Club. But yeah. they'll probably get jobs and whatever, I guess. Like, I didn't really want to see them there. But if they do, I don't know. The tag division needs guys for the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks to beat, I guess. So, sure, throw them in. Yeah. Um, it's so weird. I feel like WWE has changed so much based on AEW. But I think you would get so much heat if you said that. <laughs> not but. just, well, expanded. And I think it's more palatable. Because it's not just AEW. It's kind of everything that builds up before them. Like, this is New Japan. This is even back to, like, Lucha Underground. This is back to Impact getting some of their stuff together. This is uh, Ring of Honor, you know, booking Madison Square Garden. It's a lot of pressure from a lot of different places. And it even goes back to, like, Punk and Brian, like, kind of forcing them to change their methodology. So it's a lot that goes into it. But AEW, I think they are a part of what has changed WWE. So maybe we can It's just it weird that the revival and Sasha, like, a bunch of people just sitting on the fucking shelf, yeah. miserable, are now like featured and now oh sure you're getting, you're getting <laughs> uh, yeah if you want to talk specifics sorry to cut yeah. you off but yeah within like a week um it was the Usos it was like Sasha and Bailey yeah. and it was um uh, the revival who uh all like had made some noise about like hey maybe we want to leave and within a week every one of those people had a title so yeah if you want to talk like very directly. That's pretty coincidental, you know, if that's uh, just a coincidence. So I, I get your point on that. Do you have any thoughts on the, this whole Twitter, like, building the the uh, women's match with the Ronda Rousey going off about WWE being fake? and? Oh, so stupid. And yeah. honestly, I've watched some of the stuff, like, on the program that is not about that. And I think it's very compelling. Like, there's a reason it's very hot. So to go and turn around and to do... This Russo WCW 2000 baloney on Twitter is just so disappointing. So just get fuck all the way off with that stuff. You have a perfectly good story to tell without doing this stuff. So it's absolute garbage that you would bring this stuff into it. I don't know how to understand these angles. I never have because it's still part of the feud and it's her. Partly she's going to kick their asses, but like at like a fake thing because you're not going to do right. it unless it's book. It's, <laughs> it's always. The whole- Everything else is fake, but this is real like this. now. Look how real we are right now, and everything else is fake. But but you should still be invested in that for some reason. I don't know, but it's the same like with Triple H and Batista. They're like, oh, yeah. this is not about our characters. You know, this is about uh, we want to fight for real. And it's like, it's so stupid. Like, who could invest in something like that? I don't know. That's my least favorite thing ever. It's, it's weird because there, there was a time in my life where the only time I would watch WWE is when it was WrestleMania season. <laughs> and now that might be my least favorite time of the year. Sure, yeah. I'd rather watch everything else, honestly, for sure. People just lose their fucking minds. Like, I don't know how many times Triple H 
It just life just gets so damn serious for that man <laughs> at WrestleMania it's season. It's so ludicrous. The Batista's like, you have to wrestle me at WrestleMania. Triple H is like, oh, I don't know. You wrestle at every WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't <laughs> missed one since like the 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 early teens, I think. Yeah. You know, so it's not a huge hardship for you to go wrestle your friend who, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. There, there's some baloney going on there. Did you see the AJ Styles, or did you read about AJ Styles' uh, Randy Orton promo? I just heard something, something Dixie Carter. I don't know. I guess yeah. some people liked it, but you couldn't pay me to watch a Randy Orton segment in 2019. So Randy Orton calls out AJ Styles about that. This is the house that AJ built. He's like, uh, actually, I was here in 2002, blah, 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 doing this, 2004. You were in 2002. You were wrestling in front of, like, what, two people in a in a bingo hall or whatever the hell. The, you know, and then you were something late. Something with Dixie Carter. You know, it's weird that WWE can be, like, getting edgier and still doing so in a way that is just so unappealing. <laughs> For real, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Vince Russo, man, I think he's booking for a lot of companies low-key right now. His influence, his shadow still looms over everything in wrestling to its detriment. <laughs> I think there should be a fine. I think you should be able to do what... If you want to do this kind of shooty stuff that especially leans towards wrestling is most of the time fake, you should have to pay every existing wrestling company a certain amount of money for the damages <laughs> you're going to do by that promo. Uh, the really sad thing about Russo's legacy is the only part of it that I actually like did not stick at all. And that part is find a story for everybody. Find a character for everybody. Granted, most of the time he <laughs> did it in a very stupid way. But, you know... Stupid or not, he put in that effort to like invest yeah. in everybody, and that's the one part that like people should have picked up on. But instead, it's all the stupid crash TV, shooty shooty, baloney garbage that he brought, and that's the stuff that sticks around forever. So God help that's us. Point. Good point. And then even he becomes. This is why everything is in life. This is why I can't be a part of any group <laughs> because. Like, I love that, too. It's like, give a gimmick. Like, everybody fucking deserves that. Yeah. You know? But then his ultimately becomes, because I'm supporting the mid-carters, I send all the wrestlers home, kill them, and take their gimmicks and give them to other people. Right. Yeah. You know, so, like, I am coming here to empower these people good, because Hulk Hogan probably doesn't need to be champion for the 87th time. You know, but then, like, you know, not only just dismissing everyone who's been a world champion, but then taking their gimmicks... You know, it's like nobody can ever just say this and this, mm, yeah. you know, and Russo ultimately. But I do like your point that you have Russo. It, like, if you're going to remember him, if you're going to pull some things out of the bag, does it always have to be that horribly shiny object of, you know, you know, this isn't real, but this one's going to get real, you know? <laughs> Why don't I watch the rest of the matches? It's like it used to be a big deal. That if I'm in the main event, I think the Lucha Bros just got heat for this. They were going to end a show with a certain move, so they asked the Lucha Bros not to use that move. And they did it anyway. Oh, my. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if it's supposed to be a language barrier thing or them not listening, but there's like some controversy over that. Huh. But at the same time, think about this. It used to be that significant that... You can't do this move on a lower card match because it's going to take away from another match. But now you can say that everything else on the show is bullshit except your match, and that's not going to hurt, like, everything overall. Right, yeah, yeah. It's um, definitely uh, a double standard, um, to say the least. 
I don't get it. Yeah, I know. I'm a fan of things being well structured, and yeah, I'm a fan of yeah, following along with like, don't hurt the show, like like be a team player. But it's kind of not the world we live in, I guess. So I don't even know. It's kind of yeah, make out make out your own thing to be the best, and you know if it kind of ruins the other matches, then oh well, you know it doesn't matter because uh, we don't really have loyalty to any particular company anyway. Because we're gonna go off to the next one in two seconds. So I don't know. I don't know. I think Disco Inferno. Disco Inferno's argument, and maybe some others would be that this is all art anyway, and we know it's art. So what does it matter if we're doing that? Just appreciate it for the art that it is. Ah, uh, part of the art is that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I agree that wrestling is art, but you can't. That's like you take a painting and you say, "Well, just don't look at the painting. Look at the <laughs> colors, and like let's just yeah. take the painting off the frame and just look at it in puddles on the floor." You know. <laughs> so it's like it's so stupid and counterproductive to. Uh, uh, it's like you have a machine and you just take the machine apart and like, look at the gears. Look at these gears. Aren't they interesting? It's like, no, it was better when it worked, you idiot. Uh, oh, my. Good stuff. Yeah. It made me happy to read that, though, because I realized in my life I've never heard the people that promote this defend it. Mm. Because Vince Russo is just like, I'm fucking brilliant. <laughs> you know, that's not an argument for what you're doing. So as the first time I had seen kind of that argument and I was like, huh, OK, that is. A halfway legitimate take, but I like your rebuttal, which was in real time because we didn't talk about talking about this, is that, yes, I haven't, like, in these grueling graduate years that go on and on, I haven't had a car in, like, oh, my God, seven, eight years, and there'd be nothing more beautiful than having transportation and not having to walk every fucking place I go, and so if I had a car right now, I would love that thing for what it is, for what it can do, for where it can take me. The last thing I would do is want to take it apart piece by piece. Right. Just to be like, I want to think every piece that's in here and I can't see you. So that's just, then you don't have a fucking car. Like right. you have something to look at, as you said, but you don't have something that gets you where you want to go. Right. And these guys, man, it doesn't get me like Disco. So Disco Inferno, who is working with Impact in an Impact segment is excited to see Cody and the Young Bucks because maybe AEW can give him a job that he already has. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I, I don't get it. Yeah. But that's for AEW, so I guess it's better than Impact. This is the only thing I like. If you, it's like just enjoy like that idea of art that he's putting forth is don't think about it, just enjoy it. Oh, don't ask questions, just enjoy it. That's my worst. That's my least favorite thing is when anyway is like finger wagging the fans, be like you're thinking about yeah. it too much. You should just enjoy it. And God knows, like. Sure, it's possible to overthink things and kind of, like, ruin it for yourself. But, man, most of the time, that is not the problem. That is a bad excuse. I can put up with a lot of stuff in wrestling. I can take comedy in wrestling. I can take time travel in wrestling. I can take any kind of weird, wacky thing as long as the car still runs, as long as you keep the pieces together in the way that they were put together. The moment you start ripping them out and saying, oh, well, this one isn't real and this one is not (laughs) needed and – (laughs) <laughs> then you broke in the car, you know, so there yeah. you go. <laughs> they, then they, they damn near broke the car, <laughs> you know, <sighs> I'd help them. That's a legacy, man. No one human being. And this goes just now an extension. And he hates the fact he's so fucking stupid because he, he's, <laughs> he, he's hurt because of the tweets. Like they let him know to stay the hell. Like Russo and disco stay the fuck away from us in our, in our wrestling. And he said, I don't think they're over it. You know, yeah. 
I think Disco, bad. you know, it, maybe it was a comedy segment, but I think he'd actually like nothing better than to show up in a company where where Disco, where uh, Vince Russo and Jeff Jarrett were in charge again, and oh yeah, you know, and he could jump off and join the Young Bucks and do I don't know, yeah. I really dislike Disco Inferno as a character, as a wrestler, as a person, from all I can tell. So I really have no time for any of his garbage. I would like to put Disco Inferno and Joey Ryan on an island where they just fight, but nobody can see it, but they do it for eternity. Uh, I don't even like Joey Ryan. I think that's a disservice to him because at least uh, I think he is not so full of his own crap that he can't, like, I don't know. I put Joey Ryan on a different island, but that's me. I just would do it because I, it's always like Disco. I'm coming out and saying something controversial. I don't agree with like what people are doing in 2019, and then Joey Ryan retweets it and be like, "I think it's awesome that we're doing the things we're doing in 2019." And both of them are so fucking obvious. Like, God damn it, one of you is just doing this for attention because you can't make a living, Disco Inferno, other than like saying controversial shit. That's your new thing. And then like Joey Ryan, it's like, oh man, I'm about I'm about to say something. I'm about to say something here. But I think I like what independent pro wrestling is doing. I like people who have wild gimmicks. I like dicks. Oh my god, did I say that out loud? Oh my god. It's like go go fight that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Just go right. My goal is to not get, and we're doing it on the show now, but like if I was a wrestler, mm-hmm. It would be hard for me to respond. This is the Vince Ru- Disco is being Vince Russo, and like you lose as a professional wrestler when you respond to them. Like put them in the fucking corner and let them talk to each other. Because the only people that are going to watch them are the people who still think that the best thing that could happen in wrestling is for Vince Russo to ascend. But anyway, that's that's enough of that. Fair enough. I will just say one last thing. Um, I definitely take your point on Joey Ryan uh, to to a certain extent, but. He's also a guy, he's actually out there, and he's doing things, and he's yes. succeeding. And then you That's have true. people like Disco Inferno who come up and say, well, this thing that everyone loves, it's actually shit because of all these reasons, and you're stupid. So, like, I understand the idea of a guy who is actually out there putting the work in, making people happy. You know, whether it makes me happy or not is not important right now. I understand the urge to, like, say, actually, you're an idiot, and, you know, everyone yeah. likes this but you. So, yeah, Joey Ryan, not my favorite anything, really, but I sympathize with him more than these stupid has-been, never-was people who want to come out and just bitch about everything that ever happened. So so at least he has, like, some kind of positive message going on. That's a good point. I will see. I, I halfway – I don't want to jump to the conclusion, but if, if the wrestler who um, – is being is supposedly being vilified because she's a woman doing what men would not be vilified for. Uh-huh. If she ends up in AEW and they make that like an argument, then I am done with. Um, I'm gonna go <laughs> ahead and because sure. everything is not that. Like some people could just not like that kind of stuff because I don't like it when she's doing it and I don't like it when Joey Ryan's doing it. Yeah, and I'm the same. But the sad thing is, I think there are people out there who like Joey Ryan, and then when a woman does like kind yep. of the same thing on the other side, like you watch some South Park, right? Yeah. From time to time, have you seen the one where like the the everyone's just laughing about farts, but then it's yes. like the women are queefing, and it's like, oh, that's the worst thing that ever. Ha-. You know, maybe it's yeah. that. So that's a good uh, point. I, I I take your point. I'm just not going. Uh, and maybe she, there's a chance that she might come, and I might say, well, I can still live with it. But I'm just not going to preach that, but so many ways. Right. 
I mean, yeah, even I'm if not Joey Ryan comes and they, they let him go full Joey Ryan, that, that'll that be tough for me to handle. So yeah. I, I definitely get where you're coming from. And it's, it's also, this is going to be the thing is the addition. So, like, what can I take 16% off and still be happy with the show? <laughs> and if that 16% becomes 32%, Right, yeah. Is that the deal breaker? I don't know. Yeah. A strength and maybe a weakness of AEW is kind of like their wide variety of stuff that they can yeah. and maybe will do. So we're just going to have to look how much of it works for us, how much of it doesn't. Like you said, we are not bound to watch this show weekly if uh, we end up not yeah. enjoying it. So we'll see. Because I'm proud of myself. Like, I was shocked that I could be. I don't know if I had watched it all in as a pay-per-view, I don't know. Would I have been turned off by Joey Ryan to the point that it would have bothered me more? Because what allowed me to be a little more open-minded was the fact that while I didn't enjoy it, everybody around me were having the time of their life. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, and I don't want to rob these people of their time of their life. And I don't like, I don't want to see like Joey Ryan or who, I don't know. What's her name? I, I, Priscilla Kelly. Yeah. I, I don't want to see either of them not have work, but like, I'm not going to just sit there and not only have to watch it, but then hear like why it's, you know, Oh, this is, this is game changing, you know, societal <laughs> stuff, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. The cognitive dissonance you can get when everyone loves something and you think it's just the worst is, yeah. is so hard to deal with. I, I struggle with that a lot. So we'll just, who knows what will happen? It'll be interesting. And I love these conversations, though, because it also comes down to, is this going to be Kenny's AEW? Is it going to be Young Bucks? Is it going to be Cody's? Because you and I seem to really like a lot of the uh, Road to Double or Nothing, Cody Rhodes stuff. So, yeah. but it, And it's fair. And I want to be the one having conversations. Like Some of this is not fun to have, but what I see online so much is someone either saying... Like, I'm not going to watch this shit because I'm not going to watch a bunch of guys be the bookers, like friends being bookers. I'm not going to watch that. And then the other people are like, that's not a fucking problem. Like, none of us know if it's a problem and who it's a problem for. But, you know, it's going to be it needs to be a continual conversation. You know, for like, sure. I think the young bucks will end up betraying me and like ruining my life. But they haven't done it every week. I wait for it. And then half the stuff they do, do I, not only is it not ruining me, I kind of like it. Yeah. So, you know. I'm gonna respond to what people do, not to what my not to what my fears are or my um, hopes. That's very healthy. We really got to talk about MLW. We're yes. gonna run out of time again. <laughs> yes. Okay. This is one of my favorite episodes um, of the series. It reminded me a lot of like early '90s wrestling because even the first segment where a really nice car. Uh, world champion, and then in the backseat, fucking Barrington Hughes. Yeah, you're mad. This, that's the real reason I know that you like this episode so much. We finally saw Barrington Hughes again. Yeah, and it, it's so like back in the day, man. If you did something to Sting, Dustin Rose, Barry Windham, and the Z Man were gonna be out there to clear the ring. You know, it's just just the whole men from the locker room thing. Yep. Yep. And Barrington Hughes is playing that role. I'm a big fan, yeah, of wrestlers having connections. We've seen uh, those videos repeated over and over with, like, Court Bauer, Shane Strickland, yes. and Barrington Hughes standing together. So, yeah, Strickland and Hughes, I guess, maybe they're just friends. That's great. I'm all right with that. I'm going to go ahead and spoil the, um, the show for it's not going to surprise anyone. If I had been booking this, Pentagon Jr. would have became world champion on episode six. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the obvious thing. But I would have had Barrington Hughes betray Shane Strickland. And then 
not explain why, but then, you know, the next week or two weeks from now, he shows up and be like, you know, I was on the first MLW Fusion, mm-hmm. and I wrestled a match, and I asked, I won the match in seconds, and I asked for more opponents. MLW hasn't put me on the show since, and I don't like that, but I don't know them. They don't owe me, maybe, but you know who does have power? The world champion. And he rode around with me. He promoted shows with me. But he never once went to bat to get me on the shows. Like, he was happy with me in the back seat of his car, of his rental car, apparently. <laughs> you know? And then you got, like, you got a chance for, um, to put Shane Strickland in a feud. He got, give something Barrington Hughes to do, and then just go, go with the world champion, Pentagon. So, instead, we'll go a different route, which we'll get to, but made me happy. Barrington Hughes in the back seat. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Um, yeah, yeah, I want to see more of the guy as well. I like that narrative. I don't know if it'll play out. We'll find out. Yeah, all right, so he says, um, well, Selena shows up. She says, your car is not the only thing that rent- is rented, so is your title. Time is up, bud. But we'll see if that's true. And also something that if I had been watching in real time, this is the first title defense by Shane Strickland. True. And that kind of tells me I could have been wrong, but my my guess as a fan would have been with them saying that so many times is that the man ain't losing his belt tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a pretty good clue. Yeah, so that's what I was sad about. Shane okay. Strickland can see well enough to drive that car, and uh, I was really mm. hoping he would still be struggling with that. Yeah. Good point. I had forgotten about that 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 whole horrible miss that you know has cured up cleared up now. Apparently. I think I should and have done it one week yeah. before instead of two. I guess he tried, and that's why they made him requalify. So, and the announcer said that he he has just been waiting to get his hands on Pentagon. What I've been watching is he said nothing to the fact that Pentagon might not get the match, and they may never encounter each other again. Right, right. Oh, you're not selling me on that, Tony and Rich. Okay, so we kick off with Santana Garrett versus. Chelsea Green, another yep. one of the women from All In, if you uh, oh, don't well, remember. Well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you have Santana Garrett, who has been seen uh, both in WWE and TNA. Honestly, never stuck out to me that much, but uh, she is around. Uh, she could go to AEW. I wouldn't sign her, personally, I'll just be honest. Um, okay. But she's fine. Chelsea Green, yeah, she was at All In. She's now signed, I believe, to NXT, so won't be seeing her around, but uh, we get to see her now. So, yeah, first women's match, I think, on MLW as yeah. well. I I like both of them, but... They're, yeah, they're both fine, I think. I like Chelsea Green a little more. Um, I thought they had a pretty pretty decent match here. I thought it was good. And then we get a sign of 2018, as Rich tells us, that these two are friends. Just look at their Instagram uh, account. I have that exact line written down. I said, <sighs> don't push it with me, Rich. <laughs> I don't need to hear about that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like it because we, we are not fully on the same page, but I am – like I think the best thing you've ever done to give me a picture of where you stand is this uh, whole parts Taking the parts, you know, like that, that again, Instagram, like go look at this part that makes up the whole, you know, don't look at them and what we show you on TV. Look at Instagram. And that's, you know, I was a little put off. I thought Tony Schiavone should have just acted like he didn't know what Instagram was. (laughs) Probably doesn't. So just as well to not know. I like 
that they do start as friends, but they don't end as friends. So apparently Chelsea Green has this weird ass thing where she loses her mind in the match, smears her makeup, and just um, is not accountable for her behavior. <laughs> yeah, she has a bit of a Mick Foley uh, alter ego yeah. situation going on, which which I like. It's to her credit, I think. I enjoyed it in the match, but I'm also thinking now if their best friends are friends, like has Santana, Santana Garrett not seen this before? It was you know. Was yeah. it not an indication that it might happen? Right. Like, you know, you know this person. You you probably can figure out that this might happen. So, yeah. Rich says something about if, if he had done something like these friends, that Tony, you'd probably reach over and pop me in the head. And Tony says, well, you never know. <laughs> Commentary went to a weird place in this match because I also have a note down on Tony is like, grilling rich about whether he's canadian or not and i'm like i, I can't figure out how this relates to anything but they just kind of went off on their own a little bit here i was yeah i had that note but i wasn't paying attention right before what caused it i know he mentioned um hockey a couple of times and then maybe he made another reference that would make him seem canadian i don't know maybe so i don't know they, like i said they were a little uh out in the weeds in their commentary here yeah this one I thought that I thought it hit a good story and I enjoyed the match for what it was. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I thought it was very decent. Um, it's not something I would like rush out and tell people to watch necessarily, but yeah, it was very good. I don't know how much women's wrestling they're gonna have in MLW, but I hope they have some because I think uh, there's a rich pool of talent you can draw on uh, in that world. I like the Russian leg sweep uh, float over because that's mm. that comes from an era that I lived in. <laughs> Any float overs really are always yeah. really good. Float over. It's like, yeah, from my world, Bret Hart does that. Barry Windham did the superplex float yep. over. Yep. Barry, and Barry went float over. Barry, I don't know. I don't know how you visually define float, but that's what Barry Windham did. Yeah. He, he floated. He, he would glide. He would just, yeah. oh, my God. I love Barry Windham. <laughs> we need nice. at some point to do a legacy series with a lot more Barry Windham on it. Some NWA thing or something. I don't know. Someday, maybe. <laughs> My friend, if we if we get back to WWF the Legacy Series, we will see the Stalker. Oh boy, <laughs> and the new Blackjacks. Oh boy. Yeah, yes. Okay. All right. God. But they never. This is what I hate about uh, Bruce Richard. He will not admit any. Like he he acts like if you're a fan that thought this something might be a rib mocking a wrestler from a different company. Like this is per- we're professional. We would never do that. <laughs> Uh, okay, so you, you're just that stupid that everybody that came over you gave them gimmicks that damned them from the start. Right, yeah. Oh, well. Oh. DDT gets the victory. I think good visual storytelling is Chelsea Green's, like, full-on embrace hug after the match and uh, Santana's, like, limp body response. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, I'm more of a fan of Chelsea Green, personally, so uh, I thought she did well here. Tom Lawler, who I am not yet on the same page as you, had his best week for me, so. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I figured this would help start winning you over. Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of Tom Lawler at this point. Uh, he does a promo apologizing uh, that he beat up Jimmy Havoc and apologizing that Jimmy Havoc can't take a vicious punch as well as he can fall into a pile of thumbtacks. So uh, That was fucking money. I loved it, yeah. No, like, I'm telling you, Dumb Lawler, I'm not saying he's going to be your favorite guy ever, but uh, if you're putting him on the same level as Jimmy Havoc, I think uh, you're, you're going to change your tune on that as we go along. This was the opposite. This is the anti-Sammy Callahan promo. Yes. Where Sammy Callahan is trying too fucking hard and turning me off. Lawler is selling not just the words. This is 
man, I think every company needs to hire someone who knows what storytelling is to work with the people doing promos. Yeah. Because some of them, I think, just don't know. But, like, he is really I, – I, like, I halfway thought he was apologizing. Then it's like, oh, you're being a dick. And then he started apologizing again, and I was like, hmm. You still don't – I'm not going to believe you this time, but – like still the tone is like oh I mean despite the fact that uh you you are you fall in the thumbtacks you can't take a punch from one man mm. and that's fuck that's that is drop the mic uh level stuff like you have won the feud until something happens at this point yeah what a statement I love guys and I won't say Tom Lawyer is the best in the world at this but clearly he has the ability I love guys who can take these really short promo segments and really just drive themselves as characters with probably very little direction and deliver something great like this. Like this is something that could have happened in the eighties and the nineties, you know, showing like these little brief backstage interviews. Gene Okerlund could have been holding the, the mic for this one and reacting when, whenever Tom Lawler like swerved into being a jerk, you know, I, I can imagine that yeah. so easily. And I don't know. I think there's a lot to like about Tom Lawler. It's also, he's capturing this is the first time that he showed me what he was rather than MLW telling me what he was. Right. Because there are guys – I loved Shamrock when he came around. But, Sham, like, the MMA guys oftentimes have the best fucking look, and they're coming from a different world, but they cannot sell. Like, they can't tell a story the way they need to be able to tell it. Right. And what he told me – there's every fucking MMA guy, after being serious, thinks, like, your thumbtacks, that's clown shit. Like, you know <laughs> – your whole hardcore division is clown shit. Like, you, but you can't take a fucking punch from a real man. You know, it's like that old school shit. And that's what he did. Like, he just made one punch from an MMA guy, like, supersede not only an entire division, but this man's whole legacy, his whole gimmick, his whole claim to fame. Like, you're, it's that backyard wrestling. Like, my dad, who is like old school, like, working guy, works three jobs. I th- you know, I don't think anything was more disappointing to him as a human being than coming home from work and his two teenage sons are playing wrestling on the trampoline. Like, <laughs> look at you that play that play shit that you're doing, you know. And that's what like he he shrunk this man. He shrunk this man with one line, and and that's what he would believe as the guy that they're telling me that he is. Yeah. So they just did a thing. They just switched it on me, and now I'm like, they, you got my attention now, sir. Yeah, I know, I know who you are. Okay. <laughs> and he did it. I'll, I'll bring it back. He did it without breaking the car at all. There was no yeah. sense of like, what you do is fake. What I do is real. He just said, no, what you do, you know, it looks painful, but what I do is better. You know, it's simpler. It's more effective. It's more vicious in one hit than all of your, yeah, like you said, all your ridiculous like falling into stuff, bloodying yeah. up, you know. That's one thing, but I'll punch you in the face and you'll be done. So awesome, you know. I love it, honestly. He added features to the car. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. Yeah, the car already comes embedded with hardcore wrestling, but it's not so embedded with I'm an MMA guy I can knock you the fuck out. You know, that one still is always. It's like every time someone tries to bring that gimmick, it feels like the first time because nobody is so solidified it that you're like, that's that dude, like you know. Yep. And so he's adding features and. You know, like you said, he didn't say, oh, well, that's fake shit. That's, those aren't thumbtacks. You you know, what he did was, if I don't agree with him, I'm like, you fucking fall into tax and see how that feels. <laughs> yep. You know, but if I agree with him, I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, I think one punch um, on two faces could knock out Jimmy Havoc and his uh, Sammy Callahan. So and if it's not true, then like it's that, then it's that guy's job to show up and prove me wrong next week. So Absolutely. Love it. 
like I said, man, this is one of my favorites. And then the next segment is going to continue that because this is old, old school booking that's about to be delivered. For sure. Um, here's my question. Who is the third guy in Team Filthy who's always yeah. out there? They don't even acknowledge that he exists, so I don't know if I'm, like, hallucinating him or what. That's weird to me. Well, that could, that could be old school, too. Like, it's not his time to exist yet. <laughs> like, Simon Gotch is barely being born, and, and Lawler's the boss. Yeah. And you, you play your roles, you know? This is not a world. Old school is not a world where everybody is equal at the beginning. You got to hope you get your time. You got to hope... You gotta hope Simon Gotch falls while Simon Gotch is hoping that uh, Lawler falls. <laughs> For sure. Uh, uh, so yes, as you said, this is very old school. They are doing a special challenge. Si- uh, last five minutes with Simon Gotch, and you get a cash prize. They've uh, extended this out to all the famous martial artists and everyone who would be worthy of the challenge, and we find out the prize is two hundred and fifty. Mm. <laughs> I love that for several reasons. The, the way he delivered it was legit funny because I did not think he was going to say $250. But also, I, I I don't like sometimes. It's okay. Make me think Shane Strickland might be able to get around in a nice car because he's your fucking world champion. But like, if you're a small promotion and your mid car guy is like, it's $250,000 you're doing. Like, where the <laughs> fuck did you get that money? And, you know, who's looking for you now, sir? Right. <laughs> so, like, it's, it's nice. And then part of me wanted it to be Barrington Hughes because, man, that was... That, that sure, yeah, he should have got out here for sure. <laughs> but then it hit me what we're doing. Like, we're going to bring someone out who has zero chance and is going to try one kick. He's going He comes from whatever tradition of dancing and martial arts. And he's a white belt, you know, and he's going to get caught and he's going to get suplexed and it's going to end where it starts. And then likely we might get someone who's going to do a little better. And then someone, you know, we're going to yep. we're going to milk this thing, so we'll to speak. Build. I love it. I really like it. I also think it's sort of funny. Yeah. The commentary was very disgusted at the low <laughs> prize at just two hundred and fifty dollars. But sadly, that is uh, probably a lot more than most independent talents get paid per match. So, yeah. So actually, you might see a lot of people running out of the back for that money. <laughs> so yeah. there's that. And no, I really like this as well. It's definitely old school. Um, my thought coming out of this is I would like Barrington Hughes to do a body slam challenge. And, nice. Uh, yeah, I think we could get a lot of mileage out of that. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to body slam him. No way. No way. Yeah. This is also the same show where uh, Rich will ask what kind of money will Pentagon be making as heavyweight champion, and Tony says more than the two of us make in a year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so. you know, I, I don't know the details, but, yeah, MLW has decent uh, funding. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you could you could make some solid money from MLW. It's good, too. Like, there's so much humor in wrestling, so I definitely can't say there's not, but there's something nice about the – it's not explicit – but it's also not taking things too seriously. Like like Simon Goss is probably a guy who can offer $250. Mm. You know, let, let folks be where they are. I think one thing about nobody should be held down, like, but everyone should start wherever they start. Right. Because partly why I'm going to like you is because of what you come from. You know, one, two, three, kid... Barry Hart, even Barry Hart was had a chance at one time. He's yeah, like a couple times, really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
That's an amazing thing to watch. And not everybody, because some people are going to love you because of the struggle the same way. There are some people that don't hate Lex Luger because he's shit on the mic and he's shit in the ring. They hate him because he was in the horseman and wrestling flair when he was still green. He wasn't ready. So, like, I don't, I think a lot of people would want to be pushed before, before they're ready because they're going to make good money. But there's also pushback to that. Mm. So, you know, would I, maybe would I feel differently about Shane Strickland if he was starting somewhere else? He's just, but he's, he's not my world champion. I'm waiting to have a world champion. Right. You know, I just don't feel like he's the best guy on the card. And I like this with Simon Gotch playing this role, but also I also like this is this is this doesn't get to be your moment because you're in a group with that where clearly it's Lawler's group, but instead of sitting around and not doing anything, you're going to create this two hundred and fifty dollar challenge. So right, he's out there doing what he can. And we'll see what happens, you know. And it's not going to be White Belt's day. Like he could come back, but yeah, that's what's not your day. You know? <laughs> yep, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I want to see where it goes. I'm, I'm really uh, liking the team filthy stuff. Yeah, we got, we got an interview uh, with MJF. We're waiting outside his locker room, but when the door opens, it's not MJF. Nope, it is Joey Janela and his lady friend, whose name I can't seem to remember. Uh, she wonders what he was doing there. Oh, well, he wasn't doing anything or not anything <laughs> bad, at least. Which um, leads into MJF. Returning to the locker room a little later on and being horrified to find so his expensive clothes are covered in cigarette ashes, domestic beer. Is that domestic beer? <laughs> That's so good. And a condom. Uh, and I love that he's so horrified by this that what is he going to do? He's not going to beat up Joey Janela. Joey Janela will hear from his attorneys. Um, this is just more of MJF being so on point. All the time with everything he does, and uh, yeah, I, the man is a treasure. I love him. Yeah, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier about tone and knowing what you're doing. The ooh, they are going to hear from my attorneys is said in a fucking like I'm gonna go about like it's fucking Goldberg's got to go break you, but then what the the words don't match the tone because it's but this man lives in a world where that is the punishment, you know, mm-hmm. is is what wait till my attorneys, you know, but. Man, MJF, man, he's already everywhere I see him delivering. He's great. great. And I just got to say, I'm interested in the Joey Janela part of this as well, because on on the surface, he really has no motivation to do this. But you look at who Joey Janela is, and he's like kind of this like slovenly, smoking, like underground. He likes to like be away from, uh, you know, the nice things. He doesn't need them. He kind of like throws them to one side. And he sees this guy, MJF, who thinks he is the greatest thing ever. And it's so natural, I think, that a character like that would be like, I'm going to fuck with this guy. This guy looks like he'd be fun to fuck with. And he would yeah. just do it for the hell of it. So, Why honestly, not? it works from both sides, I think. Yeah, because MJF is MJF. But he's also smart. And he knows he's being a little bit of a dick. Not just because this is my lifestyle and this is natural, but this is me making everybody else feel bad about their lives. Yep. And then Joey is I, – I do, I do my thing because, like, this is what I care about. You know, this is what I'm about. This is what I represent. But you know what? Here's some asshole that I can fuck around with. So why – you know, it's just like, oh, we could just, like, live our lives in our locker room. But wouldn't it be just a little bit better to go do this in MJS locker room? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I like it, man. These worlds are going to collide and – you know, we'll see what comes from it. 
Yeah, yeah. I, it's promising. Uh, a really promising start to a feud. And it's very simple. I gotta say, I wasn't coming out of this episode that feeling that strongly about it, but kind of looking back, not even really at the matches, but just the kind of everything else that happened. Uh, there's some really good stuff in here, you know. There's some yeah. good uh, build, old school stuff, promo character stuff. All of that stuff was very spot on. Yeah, that's that's my that's my shit. So you know, <laughs> it was just I could just sit with this episode and I just enjoyed it. And it's also who was on the show and who wasn't was also nice. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, it is time for our main event, and I gotta say this. Uh, I love Pentagon. We all know this. I like Selena De Laurenti. I like what I've seen so far. They are a bad fit yes. together. They need to split immediately. Every week, I'm kind of hoping they split more and more. Um, the worst thing about this episode, it kind of really put me off, honestly, is before this match, Selena brings in a mariachi band to the ring, and they're going to sing the Mexican National Anthem. And they do. They just sing, I guess, the whole thing. And the worst part about it is Pentagon is standing there mm. and, like, just singing along. And, like, he's <laughs> got his hand over his heart like he's a grade school kid, you know, or something. And it's mm. so anti-Pentagon to me. Uh, yeah, this was the worst part of the episode to me. Like, this is kind of what turned me off a little bit from really liking this. It was just such a bad fit. For everything that I think works about the appeal of Pentagon, it was weird. It took a long time. I don't know. Even if it was just some some random person, what was I supposed to take away from this? Am I supposed to hate them because they're Mexican? Like, you I'm know, fan, is fan this fan like period. Nikolai Volkov singing the the you the Russian national anthem? I have no idea what I was supposed to take away from this. Yeah, it didn't it didn't do anything. The fans cheered it and you know, didn't watch it, so... Yeah, they, yeah. they were there for it, certainly. Um, I wasn't... It's weird, because I wasn't put off by it directly, but the, like I said, when I watched that Impact match, my first note was, like, in two lines, Impact is, is using Pentagon and Ray better than MLW has. Right, for sure. So... I, I I happen to meet indirectly, but both of us are voicing some real dissatisfaction with the handling of uh, the Lucha Bros, especially right now Pentagon. Mm, mm, for sure. So, and this is the Legacy series, man. This is yeah, we got to call it how we see it, and this is episode six. And there are some episodes where I'm like, if my expectations were the average line, because I expected not the greatest production, maybe even not the greatest stories and sometimes not the greatest matches, but an old school product that would deliver on some things that I like. Mm. There have been a lot of weeks where to me it has been a little south of average. Then there have been some weeks where it's been a little bit north and a little bit better. Yeah. But isn't it? I haven't had a lot of like runs of like, I better call somebody because like three fucking weeks of this, everybody needs to be watching this shit. Right. Yeah. I haven't quite hit that level either. Um, it's been more hit or miss and that's okay. I'm really enjoying watching week to week, even if I don't enjoy every episode, yeah. but, uh, yeah, there is something maybe missing a little bit. Just, I, it's the presentation a little, it's some of the people they're using that are not a good fit. I think, um, it's how the stories are like, they, they, they're really, um, I'm a little sensitive now because you, you told me I was impatient, but I kind of want some of these stories to get rolling a little more. Like yeah. even like we heard about Barrington Hughes in week one, give me more competition. Week six, nobody gave him any competition, and you know he didn't even ask for any more competition. So 
There's a lot of little things like that. Um, there are a lot of holes. There, and yeah, I, yeah. I judge that a little more harshly because I think what their project is supposed to be is partly that you don't have those holes. Right, yeah. For you, know, sure. you tell that story. And we the, the, that top ten, I'm still waiting for the second edition of it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of stuff maybe like coming up, getting dropped. Uh, it makes it a little harder to follow. Yeah. We're running dangerously low on time. Um, but I got to say one thing about Shane Strickland. We've talked about him so much. I don't, we shouldn't even say that much. I'm sure he feels very strongly about being himself, about playing himself, as opposed to, like, Killshot or any other, you know, character that might be put on him. Ricochet was the same way, you know. He, he was positive about working Lucha Underground, but he wanted to go out and do his own thing. And then, you know, when he couldn't, he got upset about that, you know. And, and fair enough, as far as it is, people want to be themselves, be their own characters. But here's my what if. What if the yourself that you want to be is just a very athletic man with no personality. Mm. What do you do then? Apparently you go to WWE and be very successful, so I guess that answers my question. But that's not, you know, the, the, the two guys I mentioned and others as well have been so much better in Lucha Underground with, like, a rich new character than they have been playing themselves that it's really striking to me. That's a big knock on MLW, too, because I feel like they're building around his personality. Or trying to, yeah. yeah. It's not his personality so much as, I want to say, his aesthetic, you yeah. know, because, like, he's got a certain look, and it's not a bad look. He's got a certain wrestling style, and people like that style. It's not really his personality, even, like, as far as they goes. And, yeah, maybe they want to play it that way a little bit, but I don't know. I would call it more of an aesthetic than a personality. Yeah. Um, I still – I've not had even a second – where I was like, I don't want to watch this week's MLW Fusion. Yep, absolutely so, not. Yeah, I want to make that clear. So it's working more than it's not working, but they do, they make some really bad choices and really bad pacing from that. Like, this is the payoff of the entire existence of Fusion since it started with Pentagon winning a shot. Mm. And this does not, you know, if you compare it like that, and, and it's Shane Strickland's first shot, and it's Pentagon's maybe last shot, who knows? But it does, does it deliver like that? It becomes. It's kind of low energy, I thought, honestly. I, like, this match didn't been, really do that much for me. I actually was more impressed myself with Pentagon than I am some of his better matches, just because he stood out so much to me from. Shane Strickland is. If he goes to WWE and has the most success in the world and wins millions and millions of dollars, I will be happy for him because I have nothing against him. Yep. For my taste, though, flipping abomination. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i um uh, i will go as far as abomination but yeah i don't know i thought this was pretty lackluster and yeah i agree i think wwe is the place for shane strickland so yes. i think ach just showed up there yes good uh you know that's the kind of people they want right now so like go there be athletic um and just sort of i guess do it in a void and it's so weird that wwe has kind of become that company but that's kind of what they are, so go do that, I guess. Okay, and uh, this is so, all right. Not a bad guy, not a bad athlete, good what? matches. But, like, there's something about his style combined with his – I give him zero out of 100 for his personality and gimmick, so he gets nothing <laughs> yeah. from me there. Then in the ring, I guess if I wanted to watch it as an art, I could really kind of rep him maybe higher. But, like, there's something so low-impact and goofy about some of the shit that he does. 
Yeah, this is, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm a wrestling is art kind of person, and I I don't find what he does very because the art is in the story and the character. You know, like you, uh, art is not like Cirque du Soleil or whatever. You know, and I'm yeah. not even saying that because he flips too much. Because there are some flippy guys yeah. who I think are great characters as well. But yeah, if that's all you're doing, that's not really art to me. That's just sort of like an athletic display. Yeah, I think I'm more calling talking about the Disco Inferno um, oh, sure. yeah. lens of art because like nothing that he does is unimpressive as a human being doing things. Right. But like if you go back and watch the match and you watch Pentagon's kicks, they 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 look like they chopped the man in half. Yeah. And then he's doing these like flippy stand on my hands. Like the the thing that gets the least attention in his delivery is the connection with the guy. <laughs> like he'll flip two times and stand on his hands and then come down and do a kick and like he it focused really hard on the first thing, a little bit less on the second thing, and then forgot the third thing, and that was actually the only offense in the whole sequence. Mm. And that gets irritating to me yeah. after a while. Um, one thing I did like that he did, that they did together, was after uh, Pentagon wore out them hamstrings, he was trying to stand up, and he kept kind of leaning backward, and all, he couldn't hardly really stand up. And then Pentagon, um, Pentagon just goes in on him again, but... Um, I like that saw a little bit of Pentagon style because sometimes, even though I like the match with Aries and Phoenix and the Phoenix matches, sometimes when he's with them and the Young Bucks is the extreme of this, he he's he never slows down. Right. He just he becomes one of them, and I can't stand watching him be like, oh, I'm really fast and all I do is kicks, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, we got a Canadian destroyer on the apron to Mister Shane Strickland. I have a complaint somewhere about him that I'm trying to. Oh, his kip up after the second sling blade was was I didn't like that. From Penta. Now Penta hit two sling blades in a row, and the second one, um, as soon as uh, Strickland fell, he just kipped up and no sold it. Yeah, I don't know. I thought this whole match was kind of like I agree, Pentagon. I think he had a pretty good performance. There's some things I liked, but I don't know. It just didn't really click for me at all. Really, I thought the crowd was not that into it. I thought commentary was even, like, not really mustering much enthusiasm for it. Definitely did not feel like the first, like, much-anticipated title match for Fusion. Um, kind of the most interesting thing was, like, Loki came out at one point to watch, and uh, he sat there watching some of the match. And even then, I was like, wait, is he suspended still? Because that was, like, a big problem yeah. last time, but now we don't hear anything about it. So, I don't know. It's a little weird. Yeah, it's implied. Like, Rich is like, that's Loki, but they never say... Uh, the man's suspended. That's why it's a big deal. That's why we're referencing it. Right, yeah. Or is he even suspended still? Like, yeah. I couldn't tell. Maybe that got solved on some other non-fusion show that no one has access to watch. So maybe you need to explain something about that. So, um, I, I, I don't know, yeah. A lot of this, too, it's like it's that same thing I've complained about. It's so, like, oh, these guys, they're so even. They're just the same. And, like, at one point, they, like... They're kicking each other in the face at the same exact moment. I'm like, okay, all right, whatever. Yeah. You know, like, you're radically different people. Act like it. You don't have to, like, try to become the same person, just like just like every generic indie match. I don't know. <sighs> With the announcers, I had a very hard time understanding. They bring a chair into the ring, and the ref does not try to get it out of the ring. <laughs> That's uh, not a DQ my favorite has- thing is Tony is like, can't he get disqualified here? Yeah. And Rich Pacini is just like awkwardly silent because 
yes, of course he should be. And there's no reason this is happening, except we just decided to do this because we thought it would pop the crowd a little more, which it didn't even really do. So I don't even know what you're doing here. I like when Pentagon was seated in it and the guy uh, Strickland comes off the top and he just stands up and catches him on a power bomb. That was nice. That was that was nice. I agree. And then it goes downhill. We get a package pile driver and then we get the weird setup with the person on the manager on the apron way too long. Like, unless you want to break up with your manager, which maybe they do since you've been looking forward to that. And I agree with the. But, you know, if you're a manager and you're holding someone or just standing on the apron for a really long time, chances are you're about to run into the person that you manage, and it's going to lead to either immediately or a long-term breakup. So be very careful about that. Yes, just be wary. Yeah. Um, yes, in this case, Selena just gets up in the apron to yell at Strickland, um, and uh, as you say, very predictably, Pentagon hits her by mistake with the mist in this case, uh, considering Shane Strickland went to the hospital for that, she yeah. recovered very quickly, so I don't really yep. know what the rules are about that. <sighs> That's like the broken arm, Pentagon breaking arms. And... <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can put that a little more because, I mean, at this point, I, you just have to take break the arm as being like a figurative thing. Like, it's the name of the move, basically. He's not actually breaking their bones unless he's in Lucha Underground, which I agree is annoying before you even say it that we have to have like these two different realities, but here we are. So the move's not that impressive though. That's the fucking problem with all this Pentagon stuff. Mm. Is it's not the move, it's the fucking story. He like he used to break arms with it. Like, this is a guy who came out in a six man tag and I was like, oh the parka guy kind of. You know, and then a little bit later he's ashamed of himself and he's breaking people's fucking arms. <laughs> and now it's just a move, and he's just a guy. So you, right. you got to really like, is he the breaker of bones, or is he the guy who does the breaker, the bone breaking move? Right. Yeah. And here he's just a guy because he, you know, he does his little mist and he hits their own person, and then Shane Strickland probably does a flip and does uh, the diamond cutter out of it or whatever, or does knees because knees, and then he gets the victory. His first title defense is in the bag. Shane Swerve Strickland is still the MLW heavyweight champion. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, I'm really waiting for someone to take that title away from him. So so we'll see. Um, I'm uh, Like you said, I, I have also never not wanted to go watch the next episode. I already want to watch the next episode, so I can't say it's not working for me. I think that's more maybe about my love of like weekly TV that's actually trying to do character stuff than it is necessarily about like everything that happens on each show. But you know, it's working more than it's not, which is what you said, which I, I think is very true. I agree with all of that. And it is both. It can be both this and that. And it's kind of a reset for the title picture. So I'm looking forward to seeing where we go next. Yeah, I really don't know. I think you mentioned before, we'll probably just see the Lucha Brothers now, maybe forever, which is mm. a little disappointing also. But uh, maybe not. We'll see. I would like to see more individual Pentagon stuff, uh, even more individual Phoenix stuff. I just yeah. they're just I just like them more apart. I don't know. I do too. Okay. All right. Well, we are like super out of time right now. So uh, thanks everyone for listening to the show. Uh, if you want to shout us out, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Spectral Gents. Give us a shout. Give us a follow. I think we're still trying to get on Lords of Pain main page. Yeah. For some reason, that is taking a long time. But uh, in the meantime, please try to seek us out. 
We do appreciate the listens. Uh, check out all the other great programs on LOP Radio. Got a really great channel. Also, LordsOfPain.net and LOPForums.com for a lot of great written material. That is everything and more. Uh, and, yeah, I hope you'll join us next week for more AEW, more MLW, more great stuff from Mystic and myself. Thank you. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. Until next time, don't let the legacy be dictated to you. Rewatch, revisit, rewrite. As your interior designer, I'm saying do everything in black. Walls, sofa, carpet, goldfish, everything. Um, can we not have a bit of color? Maybe one tiny highlight in Battleship Grey. It's your home, so you should be in charge. With Avancard's flexible home improvement loan, you are. You can choose any repayment period that works best for you up to 84 months. That's seven years. Find out more at avancard.ie. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. New applications only. Seven-year term applies to minimum loan value of €20,000. Avancard Doc Trading as Avancard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.